Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Just and the Suffering podcast featuring New York sports talk from a long suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. We've got another jam packed show for you today. Lots of guests, lots to get to. We'll get right into this in just a bit. We talked about, obviously, we're catching up on the sports in the area of late. We did baseball a couple weeks ago. We did basketball last week in our great crossover show with Sorry to Interrupt. Those guys were awesome. I hope you guys go back and check that out if you had not had the chance to listen. This week, we're going back to hockey. It's been a minute since we talked a little hockey. Last time we did that was back in November when Arda Akal was here. We're going to be rejoined by Pete Considori, talking some hockey today, catch up on what's going on in the league, and recording on Monday the 25th, the NHL trade deadlines today. Pete's going to have some instant reactions to the deals that were made, including the two big deals the Rangers swung. All that coming up in Pete's segment about the hockey. And so joining us today, our baseball beat guys, Will Schneiderhand and Anthony Sarbellini, are back. We are going to take a look at some of the baseball headlines as we last talked. Manny Machado has a new home. He is with the Padres. Bryce Harper does not. But we are going to also dive into the American League. We're going to catch up on all 15 teams, what's happened for them in the offseason, what they look like heading into 2019. Also today, this week's two-minute drill, our pop culture correspondent, Sandra Rosa, is back with us. We are talking a couple of things. We talk about the end of the Marvel Netflix era. That ended last week. Jessica Jones and the Punisher, the last two Marvel Netflix shows, were canceled. We're going to break down what that means. We're also going to talk a little Space Jam 2. The teaser poster dropped last week. LeBron James' movie coming out in 2021. We're going to break down what that could look like. We're going to have that coming up for you as well. We'll get everything rolling with this week's opening tip. We're going to talk about the fallout of the big Zion Williamson injury right after this. Usually that's the North Carolina Tar Heels. Slipping and injured is Zion Williamson. Back the other way, a layup for Cam Johnson. And 36 seconds into the game, Zion Williamson is down. He blew through his shoe. Yeah. Look at his wow. look at his left shoe. He blew completely through the shoe. That's instead of a pass advance. Zion Williamson, as you can see, heading to the locker room right now for the Blue Devils. All right, and we're back with this week's opening tip. That clip you just heard, courtesy of ESPN's Dan Schulman and Jay Billis depicting the shoe blowout heard around the world. Zion Williamson goes down with a knee sprain in Duke's loss in North Carolina last Wednesday, thanks to his shoe literally falling apart as he was trying to slide and make a play on the floor. Now, the big fallout from this situation, obviously, the best player in the country, the potential number one pick in June's NBA draft, goes out with a big injury right late in the season. Obviously, that led to the talk about, should Zion shut it down? Does he need to play considering he's not getting paid? Should college athletes be getting paid considering that they're putting their livelihoods, potential futures on the line to play for free, basically? I get they get scholarships, but... A scholarship is worth, I think, assuming he actually used it for all four years, Zion Williamson scholarship is probably about like $250,000. He will make that in about three weeks in the NBA. So they are getting paid nothing for what they contribute to this sport. They should be absolutely getting paid. That's the discussion for another day. Should Zion shut it down? Absolutely not. In my opinion, you know what? He committed to play there. He has done enough that he will still be the number one pick in the draft. Even if he does not play another game this season, he will be the number one pick. But you know what? He can make his he can help build his brand off the court by having a legendary March run, helping Duke win a national championship. Having Zion back for that, if he's healthy, and that's the important thing, he should make sure he's healthy before he plays in these games. He shouldn't be playing at like fifty percent, 
If he's good to go, he should be out there because he will become a legend in college basketball if he helps this Duke team win a national championship. Not to say that Duke can't win without him. Duke looked very good without him on Saturday. They went up to the Carrier Dome, played Syracuse, played that 2-3 zone, which absolutely flummoxed Duke the first time they played. Syracuse beat them 95-91 in Cameron back in January, and that was, granted, Duke did not have Cam Reddish or Trey Jones in that game. They had both of them this time, and no Zion. Did not matter. Duke found a way to win the game. They still have a lot of great talent on that team. R.J. Barrett is phenomenal. The guy is going to be a clear top five pick in the draft. Might even number, be number two after Zion Williamson. Cam Reddish, great shooter. A lot of fun to watch him play. Trey Jones, not a lottery pick like those two, those three guys are, but he is still a talented, talented basketball player. And he makes that team go. We saw back in January when Duke did not have him that they were not the same team. Trey Jones is the most important player on that Duke team. As long as he's there, they have a chance to win the national championship. Now, if Zion comes back, they are the prohibitive, prohibitive favorites to win that national championship. I mean, look at their resume. They swept Virginia. Virginia has gone 24-0, and 23-0, one of those two, against the rest of the country, 0-2 against Duke. North Carolina, yes, they beat them, but Zion was out for that game. If Zion is there for that game, Luke May is not going for 30 and 15. I can guarantee that. Gonzaga beat them on a neutral floor back in December. That's a long time ago. A lot has changed since then. These guys have gotten more experience since that game. They're a lot better. The SEC's best, Tennessee and Kentucky. Very good basketball teams. Kentucky has actually has a senior on the team for once, thanks to grad transfer Reed Travis. And they're a good team. They're hot right now. Tennessee, great team, great senior leadership. Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams. I think they're a threat as well. But when Duke is on its game, and we saw this against Louisville. Louisville had them dead and buried 30 minutes in that game. The ESPN crew was saying Duke is done. They were saying that game was over. Duke went on a historic run. They had the largest comeback in the second half of an NCAA game in history without needing overtime. 23-point comeback over the last nine and a half minutes. And it shows you, when you have that kind of talent on that team, they are a very, very, very difficult out in March. It's not to say that Duke is invulnerable. Duke cannot shoot from the three. Last, last I checked, Duke was down in the 320s in the country in three-point shooting. That can be an issue in March if you run into a team that's shooting hot. If you run into a team, you get a dangerous 8-9 team. Like say, they run into Wofford. Wofford is number two in the country in scoring, and they shoot 42% from three. You start knocking down those shots, it can make life difficult for Duke. Obviously, Duke also has issues with just a lack of experience because, again, your team is being led by basically four freshmen. And a couple of sophomores are playing roles. But in the tournament, experience often matters. This is the one weakness of Duke besides three-point shooting. They are not very experienced in what it takes to play an NCAA tournament in a win-or-go-home situation where now if they have a bad game against Virginia Tech, okay, they move on. They have a bad game against the 4C and the Sweet 16, they're out. That's it. And it can be done. 2012 Kentucky, 
led by freshmen, led by Anthony Davis, Michael Kidd, Grillchrist, that crew, they won a national championship. I'm just saying is that if you run into a team with veteran leadership that can play defense, like a Michigan, like a Tennessee, those are the kinds of teams that will give Duke trouble in March. Zion being there will help. Zion makes them the prohibited favorites. And for everybody's sake, I want to see Zion get back on the floor as soon as possible. College basketball is more relevant right now than ever because of a guy like Zion Williamson. Zion makes people turn on Duke games. Zion gets eyeballs to TV sets. Zion is a star. He's going to be a great pro one, one day. But for now, hopefully we'll be talking more about what he does in the court and not about the fact that Nike designed his shoes so terribly it tore apart when he was making a cut. That's, un- that's unacceptable. And one more thing before we move on. Interesting timing that the day after Zion got hurt, the NBA proposed that they lower the age limit back to 18 years old. They said it was not. They said it was a coincidence. Do I buy it? No. They saw what happened. They know that they need guys like Zion in the league as soon as possible. They know the whole one and done is a farce. That all these guys want to go to the NBA anyway. So, opening up the path to do it seems like it's going to happen. We won't get many more Zion Williamsons going to college. They either go right to the pros, or they'll take a G League option and go get paid. And so at least if they get hurt, they're making money and not just, you know, hoping a scholarship pays off for them down the road. Up next, we're going to talk some hockey with Pete Considori right after this. Here's Komarov on the steal. Anders Lee trying to join him. Komarov in right side. Pass across. They score! Anders Lee! And it's back to a two-goal end. Koskinen tried, not big enough. Too good a pass, too good a play, and a great finish. And it's a huge goal for the Islanders. All right, we're back. We're talking hockey now. That was the clip from the Islanders. Anders Lee scoring a goal in a, a game, game where they won with five different players scoring. Islanders are doing very well. A lot has happened since we last talked hockey. Joining me right now is our resident hockey expert, Pete Considori. He's back with us. Pete, welcome. How are you? Hey, thank you for having me back. Um, it's been a while. We haven't it's, spoken it's since, been, uh, what no, was it, November? Right before Thanksgiving. The yeah, last so, you know, it's been a while. We had Mary. Unfortunately, Mary's not with us today. Yeah, Mary was back in October. She doesn't even make the Thanksgiving one. Oh, that was oh, that's right, that's <laughs> yeah. right. We did a couple of them. Yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. So yeah, she's off to bigger and better things. Um, but we, yeah, it's it's great yeah. to be back. And and listen, the deadline was yesterday. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah, a lot of stuff happening. Like a lot of bombs dropped yesterday. We'll get to all of that. But before we dive into it, how you doing, Pete? I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, you know I'm doing well. Yeah. Um, playing hockey, coaching hockey, everything hockey all the time. Working. So um, yeah, it's it's the same old stuff, different day. You yeah. know. Yeah. And in case people forget, I want to bring this up because I'm still surprised at this. The hockey episode with you and Mary still number one on the playlist. It's amazing. I love it. (laughs) Listen, I love it. Hockey's a growing sport. I think uh, with the addition of Wednesday Night Hockey, rebranding Wednesday Night Rivalry. Rivalry? I can't speak. Rivalry. uh, I think that was great for the league. It's growing, and, and hopefully we can keep those numbers up on the podcast there. Yeah, that would be fantastic. It was a lot of fun, that podcast. I went back and listened to it the other day. Ma- Mary was very accurate in that one. Mary's predictions were incredible. Like She was like Nostradamus in those in those. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll definitely get there. I was looking at the rundown, and I was like, wow, she was, what, did she go, like four for five, five for five, or like one still she, unknown or something like that? She's she's right there. She's right up. up uh, it's, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing how she called those. Yeah, it was. But let's get into it. We'll catch up a little bit on what's going on in the league, starting with the Islanders, who mm-hmm. we heard from in the intro clip there. The Islanders leading the Metro entering play today. And to me, big surprise for this team. So, like, 
how are they doing this? How are they winning and consistently being on top of a very tough division? Yeah, I think I think it's a three-part answer. Yeah. I, I personally think that having a Stanley Cup champion, Barry Trotz, coaching that squad, literally just won it last year. It's not like he won it 10 years ago. Um, I think having him has built a lot of confidence, and I think the players are buying into his system saying, hey, look, he just won the Stanley Cup. We should listen to what he's saying. And, and, and honestly, every team should listen to what their coach is saying, but sometimes the team doesn't buy into the system that the coach is trying to, to push out for them. Um, so I think it's Barry Trotz. I think it's Lou Amarillo. They just got the new GM. They made some really, really good um, really, really good uh, tran- uh, draft picks Excuse me, in, in Wallstrom and Dobson. I think they know that um, there is a lot of uh, – yeah – there's a lot of potential for the future. And then the third part, I think, is Tavares. Now, the reason why I say Tavares is because he's not there anymore, obviously. I think they're playing almost like the Vegas Golden Knights played last season. They had this chip on their shoulder. Oh, they're not going to be anything. They're, it's an expansion draft. What are they going to do? They, meanwhile, go to the Stanley Cup final. They lose to the Capitals, but put up a pretty good pretty good fight. I think the Islanders are, are going around the fact that, hey, we don't need John Tavares to win. I saw a couple of clips today about the Islander fans when when Toronto comes to play the Islanders on the 28th. Yeah. They they got the chant already ready yeah. for we don't need you. That's yeah. what they're going to be chanting. Yeah. Um I wish they would give him a nice ovation. He did a lot for for the Islanders. He he put, you know, always put it out there. He wasn't like uh, you know, just going through the motions. He was always playing very hard. So, you know, they they're rallying behind this. Matt Barzal, Bavillier, Anders Lee, I'll be the first one to say it. I was wrong about Barzal. I yeah. believe in the in the in the show in November or October. I said I don't think Matt Barzal is going to do much without John Tavares, but he's proved me wrong. So I was completely wrong about him. And goaltending has been huge for them. Grice and Leonard have been amazing, uh, and I think those are the two pieces. Having scoring without Tavares and a good goaltending squad, I think those are the two pieces they needed for the successful season that they have this year. Yeah, they they got a lot better defensively. I was listening to WFN earlier today. Evan Roberts, Joe Beningo talked to I talked to Lou Amarell on the show today, and one thing they pointed out was that like their defense last year they got the most goals in the league and they were the worst in the league. Now they're the best in the league. They got the least goals by far. So like that, that's a lot of credit to Trotz in the system. Doesn't matter how how many goals you win by, as yeah. long as you got one more goal or you're winning that shootout or you're yeah. getting that one or two points. Um, every point counts in the East. As yeah. you know, the East is very, very uh, competitive. I believe you once said East is beast. East is beast. Yeah. It, it really is. I mean, <laughs> you look at the teams, even the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Pittsburgh Penguins right now don't look like they're going to make it to the playoffs, but it, it could happen. And if yeah. they do, you can't count them out. It's the yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, kudos to the New York Islanders for, yeah. for playing an amazing season, and hopefully they can they can continue that play into the playoffs. Yeah, do you think they're a serious playoff threat? Because it looks like they're going to get there, and they're probably going to have the home ice of the first two rounds if they, if they hold on to the Metro lead. Do you yeah. think that they will are a threat to get to the conference final and maybe even get through the Stanley Cup finals? You know, it's tough. Yeah, um, I would like to think so. The conference final, I don't think they're winning because yeah. they, they have to face like Tampa Bay or Toronto or even Boston, maybe even Montreal. They've been playing well. Um, I could see them getting past Montreal and Boston. I don't know if they can get past Tampa Bay and Toronto. But to get to the Eastern Conference Final, it's possible. But look at the teams they got to play yeah. to get there. Look at the division. you got the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Capitals, uh, possibly the Hurricanes. You don't know if an Atlantic Division wild card is going to be in the mix there that's going to come down to the, the, the Metropolitan Division to play. So it, it's going to be tough. But I'll tell you one thing. They're going to be playing the first round in the Coliseum. 
that's going to be a hard building yep. to win in for the opposing team. Um, so if they can get home ice advantage, they have a pretty good shot of winning round one on the fact that they're playing in Nassau Coliseum alone. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them play at the Coliseum for the first round. Amarillo said that the league conceded to them that they let them have the first round there. The rest of the playoffs there, advanced that far, will be at Barclays. And right. the rest of the regular season right now is out in Nassau. So I feel like the home ice there is so massive for them because, like, the building's always different. It's a true hockey building. The fans are up close. The noise is going to echo over the building. And it's pretty much sold out. Yeah. You don't see the Barclays selling out. I, I'm not no. sure if it's the location, how the arena was built, because the arena was built not for hockey. It was, it was built for basketball and yeah. concerts. Yeah. Uh, and then they decided later to convert it into something for a nice arena because yeah. they won the bid for the Islanders. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know what it is. And, of course, it's the New York Islanders playing yeah. in a borough. Yeah. You know, it's like it's also that, too. Yeah. So I think it's going to be good for them. I think yeah. it's an advantage, obviously. Yeah, huge advantage. Let's move on to our team, the New York Rangers. Obviously, they got off to the hot start. Last time I talked to you in November, we they were actually in a playoff position, and you said, eh, let's pump the brakes a little bit. I'm not sure I buy this. So you were correct. They did not keep it up. How would you define their season as a whole? Um, Expected. Yeah. Uh, you know, we knew it was a rebuild season. We were keeping a lot of our assets. Not all, but we are keeping a bunch. Um as we'll get to later with the trade deadline, uh, Matt Zuccarello and Kevin Hayes are no longer with the team this year. We don't know what's going to happen next year. But um, with the pieces we had, it was expected. You had a lot of young talents like Philip Heedle, Neil Pionk, the two that stand out to me, um, struggle a little bit, but also show a lot of promise. Yeah. Um, Philip Heedle the other day, like, you know, messed up his, his assignment and that led to a goal. He's still young in his development. This is his first like long season of pro hockey. He played a couple of games in the in the um, you know he played a couple of games in the preseason. He yeah. played, I believe, last year a little bit in the preseason as well. Yeah. Maybe cracked the roster the first first couple of games of last season. Um, Hartford's been good to him. I think he needed that development, but it's expected. I mean, we're probably going to go down a little bit before we start showing promise. But for for what it's worth, I think their season is maybe a little bit better than what most expected. I thought they weren't going to be a complete wash, but I knew they weren't going to be in playoff contention. Um, the East is so tight, too. If the Rangers want to win every single game for the rest of the season, they, they can make the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, I just I don't think it's going to happen. And Henrik Lundqvist has played phenomenal this year. Probably one of the best years of him playing was this year. And, it, you know, he's aged like wine. I mean, he just keeps getting better and better. And, 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 and God bless that he has, but unfortunately he just doesn't have the team in front of him. God bless him for wanting to stay, too, because it's very easy yep. for him to say, like, you know what? Like, I want to win my cup. Trade me to a team that needs a goalie. And, and honestly, that wouldn't be the wrong thing to say. I mean, yeah. he, he's he's the king. He's Henrik Lundqvist. Yep. He's he's a great goaltender, probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. I think he is being in the Hall of Fame. I don't think I mean, on it's, that. It's pretty, it's pretty much a lock at that point. The one thing he's missing is that cup, almost yeah. like Alexander Ovechkin. Everyone yeah. was talking like, well, is he really the greatest player? He has all these accolades, but he doesn't have that cup. Now he does, and now there's no – he had everything. Yeah. That's yeah. it. So, I, you know, I feel for Lundqvist, but the loyalty he's shown to the Rangers fans and the Rangers organization really shows the character, you know, the character he has and how, how good of a player and person off the ice he is. Yeah, for sure. I'm look. I'm very excited about that. I'm happy he's going to be trying to lead this generation forward. And another guy who's going to be help lead the cause here is the new coach, David Quinn. How do you feel about what he's done? David Quinn, to me, has been the perfect coach for this season. Now, I don't know what seasons to come was going to look like for, for the New York Rangers, but for this season, I think he was fantastic, and I'll tell you why. He came from um, Boston University teaching kids that just came out of high school or Canadian 
junior, whatever, however junior, they junior league, right? Or, exactly. Yeah. However they came to play, he did a fantastic job with them. Now he's doing a fantastic job with these young players. Yeah. Um, we have Vitaly Kratzoff that's that's still in the uh, KHL um, doing. He's doing. I believe he's playing in the playoffs yeah. right now for his team. When he comes over, that'll be a nice little challenge because not only do you have someone who's young, you have someone who's been playing in the KHL, which is different than the NHL, yeah. obviously. Um, you see Ilya Kovalchuk has been playing in the KHL with great success. He comes over to the NHL not really doing as well as everyone thought. Um, so that'll be a bit of a challenge. I think with Philip Hedel, Leos Anderson, Boo Nieves, he just signed a uh, $600,000 contract for a yeah. year. Um, I think... Neil Pionk, another one. I think he's doing a good job really developing these young players. And I think that was a problem that Elaine Vigneault had. And I think that's why they finally decided to get rid of Elaine Vigneault. Yeah. I liked him as a coach. Six out of the seven seasons he was the coach, they went to the playoffs. Yeah. But it was developing that young talent. I think if he was able to do that, he would still be the coach today of the New York Rangers. But they needed a change. They changed their personnel as well as their players. So I think David Quinn has done, done very well. Will he do well once you know, these young talents become older and more experienced? I would think so because he's grown with these players, but we don't know what the future holds. So right now, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with David Quinn. Yeah, Rangers' story is still written. They have a ton of cap space over the summer as all of these trades they made, and you figure that they're going to be in for big guys like Panarin because they're trying to run at him. That would be a lot of a big jolt to the rebuild to get him. I mean, I, I would love it. Uh, yeah. The only the only thing I would worry about is Panarin looks at our yeah. team and goes, oh, you're in a rebuild. Yeah. Panarin wants to win. Yeah. I mean, do you blame him? He's really good. He wants to get paid too. So, um, you know, who knows? He, he may want to be – I know I heard reports earlier in the season he wants to be in the New York area. Yeah. Um, so it's a possibility that he he joins New York Rangers organization after he becomes a free agent this year, uh, but it worries me that he looks at the team and goes, "Well, they may be quite a while before winning a cup. This is not the team I want to go to right now." Yeah. So you team, another team that Panera might want might not want to go to right now. That's the New Jersey Devils, who Oof. have been an abject disaster this year, as you called back in November. Because I remember you said that they go as Taylor Hall goes. If Taylor Hall does not have an MVP year, they are going to miss the playoffs. And they have, and Taylor Hall's been hurt. It's not all his fault, but like right. they have been so bad. So like, how? what's the main reason they've fallen apart? You know, I think a lot of it is goaltending. Yeah. Um, Keith Kincaid and um, I think it's Mackenzie Blackwood, yeah. I think. Um, they have done a phenomenal job as backup goaltenders yeah. to date. Corey Schneider was their number one. He had the hip surgery. He was out for a while. He's not back to what he was. I mean, he's having a terrible season since he started. Um, so I, I personally think it's a goaltending issue. Um, I'm not sure if it's coaching issue. I really don't. But Nico Hishier, I feel like, has been doing well. Paul Mary has been doing phenomenally. So I think if they can fix their goaltending and maybe their blue line, I think maybe they'll have a better shot. But like you said, and we talked about earlier this season, Taylor Hall had the margin between Taylor Hall's number numbers last year um, and the next person in line was like a 35-point margin. Yeah, That's nuts. Yeah. So that obviously shows that Taylor Hall had an incredible season. A lot of scoring came from Taylor Hall. A lot of assists came from Taylor Hall to set up scoring chances. So he's he's hurt. He's not performing well. He comes back. He has a kind of a slump. You you see the Devils kind of crumble away, and they get rid of Brian Boyle too to the Predators earlier before the trade deadline. So it looks like that maybe the Devils are looking for a little bit of a 
not a rebuild, but almost like a reboot, if yeah. you will. Uh, just like a nice switch. Because also we'll talk about in the trade deadline later that uh, Johansson went over to yeah. Boston. So, yeah. so we'll see about the Devils. Just this year is not their year, and I think they need to really look hard at goaltending next season. Yeah, for sure. Last team in New York. I remember talking about them last time. I have a friend who's actually a big Buffalo Sabres fan. They are can't forget about the Buffalo Sabres. They are a New York team. They are in New York State. So we'll get we'll get to them because like earlier this year, it looked like they were actually going to break the drought and make the playoffs. They had a really hot start and they've fallen apart since then. And now they they they're down by where the Rangers are in the standings. So like, what happened in Buffalo? So to me, Buffalo wasn't a lock. Yeah, I think when they when they have Eichel, they got Skinner. When they drafted Darlene, yeah. everyone was excited about Darlene, which they should be. But he's a young, inexperienced player who's going to make mistakes at first. He's coming right from the draft to playing. No AHL experience. Um, obviously experience playing with his team prior to the Buffalo Sabres. But the AHL is a whole new animal. Yeah. So I wouldn't put them in the beginning of the season. I didn't put them as a lock because I knew, all right, well, except for those pieces – you know, yeah, you have, I think it, it Hutton's on uh, yeah, uh, the I Buffalo put, Sabres. Yeah. What else do you have? Ocposo hasn't been doing well. Yeah. But who? what other big names? You got rid of Evander Kane. Yeah. So as much as I love Jack Eichel and Rasmus Dahlin and Ocposo and, and Hutton and all of them, I, the formula wasn't there. And who knows? It might come down to a coaching yeah. thing. I don't know how the how it is in the locker room. Maybe it's a it's a it's a bad locker room. Maybe yeah. the the guys aren't getting along. Maybe they're not clicking. Maybe they're not buying into the coach's system. They had a great start, but I think they still have a couple pieces that they need um, moving forward before they could say they're a complete playoff team. All right, for sure. Now we caught up on the local scene, including Buffalo. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the trade deadline. There is a lot of stuff we have to dive into with that trade deadline. Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back after this. Artemi Panarin walking in. Nice play. Scramble the front. Scores! Matt Duchesne, welcome to Columbus. 2-0. The old East-West play I'm talking about right there. And then Panarin picks it up, and it's a fancy move. Protects the puck by putting it between his legs. And then as that play gets to the front of the net, Duchesne slides in here. Backhand goal right there. Nice job by... Matt Duchesne, first goal to Columbus Blue Jackets. All right, we're back with Pete Constantine. We're talking hockey. You guys heard Matt Duchesne's first goal for the Columbus Blue Jackets, courtesy of Sportsnet. And we got to talk about Columbus in a minute because Columbus, the big movers and shakers of the NHL trade deadline. I have so much to say okay. about Columbus. <laughs> so much to say, but we'll get to that later. We'll, we'll go start with the Rangers first because obviously the Rangers were very active. They got the whole proceedings of the weekend really started when this on Saturday they sent Matt Zuccarello over to Dallas for the trade where they get a two and a three. They're conditional. The two can go to a one if Dallas wins two playoff rounds, correct? Correct. And the three, I think, goes to a one if he resigns, correct? Correct. Yeah, so if Matt Zuccarello resigns with Dallas, that's a first-round pick. Um, and if, like you said, if they win two playoff rounds, not just one, two, yeah. if they make it to the conference final, that becomes a one as well. Um, so there's potential to get two first round picks. Not, I don't think it's the same year. Um, yeah, I think it's twenty nineteen for the for the two and twenty for the three. Right. Yeah. I. <laughs> it's funny. I don't think Matt Zuccarello is going to resign. The only reason why I say that is because he broke his arm his first <laughs> game in yeah, Dallas. Yeah. I mean, he scored. He had an assist and he scored a goal. Yeah. Perfect. Wow. Matt Zuccarello is doing well for for Dallas. And then the poor guy blocks a shot, breaks his arm. He needs surgery. He's out at least four weeks. Yeah. So now. This is my theory. You got four weeks. Okay. 
you're still in regular season when he comes back. Tail end of it, but you're still in regular season. Yeah. Um, What have you seen from Matt Zuccarello to want to resign him? Because he's been out with an injury. Yeah. Now, unless he's phenomenal in the playoffs, which Matt Zuccarello is a phenomenal player, what if you don't win a round? Yeah. Do you even resign him? So what would be nice is Matt Zuccarello resigns with the Rangers because I love Matt Zuccarello. I think he's a Ranger through and through, and it yep. and it and it it stunk seeing him go. I understand why he had to go because I mean, come on, it, you're not going to. I mean, you, you have to do something free, for him. Yeah, he's a free agent. You have to do something. Um, but I don't unless he's unless he shows Dallas that that's the piece they need and they think they can do more with him. I don't think he resigns. I think he comes back to the Rangers or maybe resigns with a different team. I don't know. Um, but yes, yeah, so Matt Zuccarello goes to Dallas, um, and that was the first move by the Rangers for the trade deadline yeah. that happened. Yeah, and that was a that was a tough one for Ranger fans as well because Zooks has been here forever, and yeah, it's almost a decade. It's almost a decade. He spent a lot of that time with Henrik Lundqvist. Lundqvist talked about uh, or attempted to talk about his feelings about the Zuccarello trade to MSG the other day. I pulled a clip of that. Let's listen to that. Henrik, we saw your uh, tweet, your Instagram about Matt. Uh, after spending nearly a decade with him, now that he is officially on Dallas, just a word on, on what he's meant to you uh, on and off the ice and what he's meant to this team. Yeah. <clears throat> it's tough. Good friend. <clears throat> Sorry. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I think Hank speaks for every Ranger fan out there. He just all loves Zuccarello. I mean, to hear Hank's take on it shows how much Zuccarello meant not only to the fans, but to the players in that locker room. Yeah. I mean, it's like losing a brother. Yeah. You've been playing for almost 10 years with the guy. Um you know they've done charity events too. They just did an outdoor game, uh, either in Norway or Sweden. I forgot which one, um, for charity. On, on the off the ice, Matt Zuccarello is is well liked. I mean, one of my friends yesterday when he got traded, um, well, one, one of my friends yesterday after he got traded said to me, you know, when I think of the Rangers, I think of Matt Zuccarello. You know, obviously Henry Glunquist is the first thing, but like I think of Matt Zuccarello, and he's right. You go into the 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 you go into MSG. Zuccarello's name is mentioned ever. You hear the Zook chant. Yeah, he, he's it's something special. Um, it, you hate to see him go, but at the end of the day, the NHL is a business, right? Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, too, I think people forget that players are, are people. They're yeah. human beings in yeah. a way. You know, yeah. they they're they're not just these. These athletes who are role models and yeah. and and have the you know the, the perfect life. They're yeah. they're making tons of money playing a game that they're amazing at, yeah. giving entertainment to fans and and hopefully bringing home championships for those fans. It shows that these moves, as minuscule as it may seem to fans or or not, it it hurts the players too. Yeah, because it is a brother. It's like it's like you have a tight office space, and like it's not like you work for a, you work for Iona College. It's not like they can say, "Hey, we're trading you to Manhattan tomorrow." Right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's different. Yeah. It, it's it's absolutely different. So yeah. you know, in the blink of an eye, before the trade deadline, your friend, your brother can be can be off to a different state or different country. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, to hear Henrik try to answer, yeah, was was nice. Obviously, because we all want to know what he meant, but. 
you know, at the end of the day, the guy was the the guy was choked up. It's it's hard to talk about. You probably won't hear Henrik talk about it for a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll hear Hank talk about this for a while. But the other big move they made, they trade Kevin Hayes to Winnipeg. They get back yes. uh, is it Brendan Lemieux and a one. Yeah, and there's another pick attached if Winnipeg wins the cup. But they don't get it otherwise. But I don't think that they're gonna get that one. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't I don't think they're gonna get that one. But um, you know, I'm not I'm not too upset about this trade. I don't know if it's the greatest for Winnipeg. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. The only reason why I say that is it's not to knock Kevin Hayes, but they're probably going to play play Hayes with Line A. Yeah. Line A is a goal scorer. He hasn't been doing it lately. I don't know why, what what the problem is, and I, and I don't know what is causing this slump. He's really just not doing well. Um, But who, who's going to play defense on that line on the forwards? Because there was an issue with Brian Little. Right, um, yeah. I believe his first name is Brian. I'm sorry if I'm messing that well, up. You know this more than I would. Right. So, um, but Little had the problems playing defense on that line, and he's a center. I mean, no one's going to be Patrice Bergeron, but but I think Kevin Hayes is going to bring a lot of offense to that team. I'm not sure how defensively sound Kevin Hayes is going to be on the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Um, that doesn't say he's not going to go there and something's going to click or something's going to change where he's a phenomenal two-way center on the second line. That could very well happen because he's a, he's a talented player. He's still young. He still has a lot to learn, but he has that experience where he can he can play the hard minutes and, and give you some production. Uh, so we get Brandon Lemieux. We get that first-round pick looking toward the future. I'll take it, and we'll, and we'll see how it goes from there. Yeah, Rangers stockpiling those first-round picks like candy. So like, yeah. yeah, listen, we're – as much as I think our GM messed up in the draft last year, I think he's doing the right thing by trying to get all these picks. Just let's make sure he picks the right people yeah. or picks correctly. Because I'm sorry, he reached way too far yeah. for Kratzoff. He yeah. didn't have to. He could have picked up Wallstrom right there, yeah. a scoring right winger. That's who we needed. He reached. I mean, Kratzoff wasn't supposed to go until like the 20s. Yeah, we had the ninth or the yeah. seventh or something like it was, that. It was. I think it was nine. We yeah. reached. So hard for this guy, yeah. and you know, let's let's just take a step back. Maybe the GM knows something that we don't know because he gets the scouting report. He trusts his scouts, but he could have waited. Yeah, he absolutely could have waited. Um, but he did get Keandre Miller. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty good pickup. So yeah. so we'll see. We'll see how this all plays out. We got a bunch of picks in hand. So um, if we use those picks to to get a good player, or if we use those picks to draft, who knows? So we'll see. Yeah, it's kind of like what the Houston Rockets used to do for years in the NBA, where they would just like pick up second round picks, pick up random like young players, and all of a sudden they turn them into James Harden. Yeah, so, no, like, yeah, absolutely. Re- we're we're <laughs> hoping we're hoping we could get a James Harden of hockey. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe they'll, maybe they'll do that. Maybe Gordon's got a plan up his sleeve. We'll see about that. That was yeah. just the letter went out. We're waiting to see what the plan is. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right, let's go on to the team that did the most, the Columbus Blue Jackets. So let's recap what they did. They they obviously they made a deal with the Rangers too. They got Adam Quaid. Yes. They, they got Duchesne, who we just heard from in the op- in that clip in the open there. Yep. They also got uh, DeZingle. They sent former Ranger Anthony Duclair out of town in that trade. Yep. And they also picked up uh, Keith Kincaid from the Devils. They did. So And they held on to their rentals. They held on to Panarin and Sergei Grabowski, So I have a strong opinion. Go. About the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> I have such a strong opinion. Yeah. Columbus Blue Jacket fans, if I were you, I would be terrified <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why I say this is because your GM did nothing with Panarin and nothing with Bobrovsky. Now, yes, he did get Duchesne, amazing player. He did get Dezingle, amazing player. 
He got experience on the blue line with a little bit of grit in Adam McQuaid. He got a backup goaltender that has shown he can play starting minutes in Keith Kincaid. But what happens if you don't win this year? You lose Panarin, you lose Bobrovsky, unless by some miracle Panarin goes, hey, I'm going to stay. Yeah. But guess what? Duchesne's contract is up. I think Dezingle's contract is up also. Yeah. He's going to be a free agent. Those two rentals, what, do you, what, what exactly is going through the mind of this GM? Is he trying to show Columbus, hey, we're going to try to win this year? But does he see who's in the East? Does he see who's in the East? You have the Toronto Maple Leafs. You have the Tampa Bay Lightning. You have the Boston Bruins. Let's go to your division. You have the Washington Capitals. You have the Pittsburgh Penguins. You have the New York Islanders, who have been on fire lately. You have the Carolina Hurricanes, who, eh, you can beat. Where are you going? You're not You're not winning the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. You're not winning the Stanley Cup. So now you put all your assets in Duchesne. You put all your assets in Dezingle. You send away Duclair because he wasn't doing well. Going to be honest, that guy's been moved around so much. He needs a little consistency in his life. Yeah. He didn't do well. I'm not saying playing under John Torrell is easy because it's not. Yeah. But he didn't do well. He got moved. Give him some consistency. I bet you he does well in Ottawa. However, what do you do? doing as Sebastian Maniscalco would say one of my favorite comedians what are you doing what what exactly is the plan because if you lose Panarin that's it if you lose Duchesne that's it they brought Kincaid in because they're probably going to get rid of Bobrovsky because they need a starting goaltender what they should have done was they should have said hey we're not going to go all out we're going to sign we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to get Duchesne, we're going to get the Zingle, we're going to get rid of Panarin. Yeah. We're not going to win this year, but we're going to be pretty good. Yeah. You go back to Panarin and go, look, I re-signed Duchesne, I re-signed the Zingle, I re-signed Bobrovsky. Come back, we got a really good chance of winning this year. Let Toronto and Tampa Bay deal with their Eastern Conference, whatever. Let, let the other teams do what they have to do. Lose in the first or second round. Not saying flop, but try. But you, if you lose in the first, second round, it's expected. And then you try to make a package to Panera and go, look, you may not get the huge money. Let me give you a two-year deal with high money. Three-year deal. Nice little bridge deal. We're going to win soon. Look at all the assets we have. No. What are we going to do? Let's get everyone here. Let's do it. Oh, we don't care. No, we're not going to do anything with Panera or nothing. Oh, he wants to go to the Rangers? Oh, bye, Panarin. Oh, Duchesne wants to leave because you didn't win? Bye, Duchesne. Oh, Bobrovsky's going to go to Florida or maybe the Devils? Okay, bye. Like, it, 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 I would be terrified if I was a Blue Jackets fan. I understand they're all excited about getting Duchesne to Zingle. You have him for, for three months. Yeah. You have him for four months, let's just say. I mean, it it bothers me. Again, I'm not a GM of a hockey team, but as a hockey fan, I think this was a bad, bad move. Yeah, let me let me try and like put this into like poker terms here. Basically, let's say that like Columbus sitting at the table, they have like oh god, it's just so mind boggling. Yeah, let's say they had like let's say they had like an ace ten offsuit. It's not a bad hand. Could have been better. But you're not winning. <laughs> yeah, but they're like, you know what? We're going all in. We're putting all the chips in the middle of the table here. We're going for it. We believe that we can win with the ace 10 while you got uh, a couple of sharks that are probably sitting there with like flushes. It, 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 it just, I, I don't. <laughs> you could have got so much for Panarin too. Yeah. It's not like you would have been bad this year if you didn't get rid of if you got rid of Panarin. Yeah. You could have gotten so much more than what Kevin Hayes was. You could have gotten so much more than what Matt Zuccarello was. You probably could have got more than what Mark Stone was. Yeah. What? 
I'm going to stop because I'm getting <laughs> angry. But but if I were you, Blue Jacket fans, enjoy your season this year. You're not going to like what's going to happen next season if Panarin doesn't resign. He might resign, but you're not getting Duchesne, Panarin, all of them back on the wagon going, yeah, we're going to keep waiting. Like it's, it, yeah. I don't think it's happening. So, I, you know, no disrespect for the Blue Jackets franchise. No disrespect to Blue Jackets fans. Hockey fans are the best fans in the world. I just, I, I would be so, so scared. Yeah. Right now, um, but this is coming from a Ranger fan who we know we're not going to the playoffs, so it's very easy for me to talk about this stuff. <laughs> yes, and as of right now, they play the Capitals in the first round if this if the season ends today, and the Capitals strengthen themselves as well. They picked up another foreign Ranger in Carl Hagelin. They picked up Nick Jensen in Detroit, signing a four year deal. I mean, like a real chance the Capitals could beat them in the first round. And, and honestly, the Capitals are to Columbus like Pittsburgh was to the Capitals. Yeah, I feel like if the if the Columbus can't beat the Washington Capitals, they're never going to make it over a yeah. hurdle. Like yeah. it's same thing. The Washington Capitals could not beat Pittsburgh until finally last year they did, and they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Pittsburgh's got Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Phil Kessel, Chris Letang, Matt Murray. Yeah. If they're on their game and they're in the playoffs, they're playing hard, it's going to be hard to beat them. If you beat them, you beat you beat yeah. anyone in the yeah. West. Yeah. I mean, at, at that point. But the Blue Jackets have to get past that first round. Yeah. That is their Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. They need to get past the first round. If it's the Washington Capitals in the first round, oh, they got – they got a lot coming to them. They have a lot of work to do to be able to beat number one, get to the second round first in franchise history, which is yeah. which you know that that's a plus because you need to do that. But now you got to get past the Capitals to do that. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, and Caglin really helps that team because he's so fast and he's such a good player. Gives them so much more speed than they yeah. did. I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong, Burakovsky's a, a quick a quick guy. Um, Alexander Ovechkin is a quick guy, but Haglin just puts so much pressure now if he's on the penalty kill. On the on the wingers and the points, I mean, he can get there in a harpy. He can break away for shorthanded uh, attempts. I mean, he's almost like um, you know what Michael Grabner was to the Rangers. I mean, he was he was on the Rangers too. But like all the shorthanded opportunities and just the quickness of him, he can break out. It just it just makes the Capitals so much better. Yeah, it absolutely does. Another team made a big move. We're going to the West for a little bit. Then the uh, National Predators, they traded for former Flyer Wayne Simmons. I think that's going to help them a lot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great pickup for the Predators. Um, they get Brian Boyle. They get Cody McLeod. So they're getting all those gritty guys. Yeah. Um, and then they bring in Wayne Simmons, who is not only not afraid to, to go in those high, intense, uh, physical areas, but he's going to score a lot. Uh, you know, Brian Boyle could score, but he's not scoring like Wayne Simmons. I'm yeah. sorry. So... You know, you have you have that aspect going for you. Now you got a guy coming in from Philly, coming into a a, a team that's been to the Stanley Cup Finals, who's been in the Stanley Cup playoffs a bunch, just looking for that piece. I think Wayne Simmons is a huge piece for the Nashville Predators. He will be in that paint, bothering that goalie, getting those those nasty goals, getting those dirty garbage goals that are just mm. waiting there for him. He's going to get them. He's going to snipe a little bit too. That combination with everyone on the Predators, I think that's going to be a nice combo for everyone, and I think the Predators can go very far in the playoffs. Makes me feel very good. I picked the Predators to win the Cup before the season. So. Yeah, you, you did. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if they're winning the Cup or they're going to the Cup, but it, it, it looks very promising. Yeah, another big trade out west, the Vegas Golden Knights. They trade for Mark Stone from Ottawa. Give him an eight-year, $76 million contract extension. What a move. Uh, it, 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 it makes sense. Yeah, The Vegas Golden Knights have – have a unique team yeah. after the expansion draft after that year they lost quite a bit of players they lost um James per- Neal James Neal they lost Perron yeah. um Nate Schmidt in the beginning of the year was suspended uh 
it, it was an interesting season for them this year. But they're showing that they're still strong. Yeah. And they've just become so much more stronger with Mark Stone. Yeah. I mean, they really did. Um, if he's playing on that top line with Carlson, um, he, he, he's just, just going to be a scoring machine. He's going to create so many chances. Max is on that team. Ryan Reeves, you got the, yeah. the big man there uh, playing on probably the third or fourth line, probably fourth line minutes. But you, you can't count them out either. They still have the core of, of who Jonathan Marshall. So, I mean, they, you still have the core, core of who's there that – Got Vegas to the to the Stanley Cup final. It, it's a possibility again. Uh, kudos to the Vegas Golden Knights to pick up Stone. Yeah, great great pickup by them. I think. Do you would you say they're the biggest winner of the deadline getting Stone? You know, I think. I think it was the biggest surprise. Yeah, I didn't think Vegas would be in the running for yeah. Stone. I mean, what happened was what I was hearing through the rumor. The rumors were Calgary and Winnipeg were going after Kevin Hayes. Winnipeg obviously wins that deal. Well, then once Calgary couldn't get Hayes, they went after Stone. Then Vegas came into the mix, and they got Stone. Um, I was I was surprised, maybe because I wasn't educated enough on where Stone could have gone. Maybe it was expected by people. But think about that lineup. Marcheseau, Carlson, Pacioretty, um, Howla. Uh, you have Mark Stone now. Paul Statsny. I mean, you you got guys that that could score, and they're big too. Yeah. It's going to be a big team coming down the down the stretch, especially in the playoffs. Um, you know, expect there to be bodies. Expect there to be um, a lot of physical play. Wayne Simmons would have been a nice yeah. fit in Vegas too, if you think about it. But um, yeah, I think I think it was one of the bigger moves. I think Matt Duchesne to Columbus probably was the biggest move in my mind only because it's it's Matt Duchesne and it's Columbus who yeah. also picked up a bunch of people after him yeah. I think he was like the the catalyst to yeah. it all um so yeah I think I think it's between Duchesne or Stone in my opinion other people may disagree yeah who which team was the biggest loser of this deadline biggest loser of this deadline I mean it it didn't look I mean it wasn't like someone got robbed, in my opinion. I mean, a lot of people think that maybe the Hayes trade wasn't good for Winnipeg, um, giving up a first round for him and then also having that conditional. I don't think there was really any bad trades. I meant more in terms of, like, who missed out. like who didn't. Oh, who missed out? I think Calgary missed out huge. Yeah. I think I think Calgary could have made some moves and, and weren't able to. Calgary has been doing great. I just – I fear – that they're missing something. Yeah. They're missing a Kevin Hayes type. Because if they were in the market and they were battling with Winnipeg for Kevin Hayes, that shows that they know they need a Kevin Hayes on their team. James Neal, James Neal has been okay. He hasn't been what he was on the Predators or the Vegas Golden Knights. He's having an off year. I don't know why, but he is. Mark Giordano has been having a Norris Trophy winning season on the blue line. Phenomenal. Their defensive core has been great I just I it seems to me they're missing a center yeah. it, it really does and especially if they're going after Hayes hard like that and they're in between a bidding war between Winnipeg and Calgary if Winnipeg had that first rounder on the table or if they didn't and they got that first rounder on the table to get him it, it makes me feel like they need something so I think Calgary really missed missed something here um you know, maybe Calgary should have been, even though Wayne Simmons plays uh, on the wing, maybe they should have went after Wayne Simmons and moved someone to center or, or tried him at center yeah. or something. Uh, you know, Calgary's won. Minnesota made a couple moves. Um, they got Fiala. Um, 
you know, I think they're ones that I thought maybe been would would have been a little bit more. Uh, you know, Eric Stahl was was talking about. Yeah. Uh, there was talks about Eric Stahl being moved. Um, the other one that jumped out is the Islanders. The Islanders didn't do anything. Yeah, but you know what? It would have been nice to see the Islanders do something, but everything's working right now. I mean, what what exactly do you need to do? You're in the top of the division. What, what moves do you need to make, right? Yeah. Unless there's something you know you're you're afraid of, and maybe that's Lou Lamarillo's strategy. Maybe he doesn't want people thinking, "Oh, we need something. We have a weakness," yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's stupid to think because if you have a weakness, try try to fix it. But if they're at the top of the division and they're really winning a lot and they're and they're doing well, maybe Lou Lamarillo was like, you know what? Let's let's ride this. We're gonna have this team next season for the most part. Let's ride this out. Let's see what happens. I don't want to give a hint of we're weak right now at a certain position. Well, I don't want to seem desperate. Yes, they've definitely probably heard offers on crazy things like probably Barzal or Bavillier or even Anders Lee, whatever. But that doesn't mean that you have to do anything. I mean, there was offers apparently on the table for Kreider, and that that didn't go through. So, um, you know, I think maybe the Islanders, that was their strategy. Again, I don't know. Maybe Lou Lamarillo was trying to get someone, and he just missed out, and he just didn't get it. And it was just like, oh, well, I guess we can't do much. So, So, yeah, the Islanders too, but I think Calgary was the biggest one that missed out. Yeah, Lamoro talked to they, Joe and Evan asked him about that today. They said like you know like nothing materialized, but we have guys coming back from injury like Andrew Ladd. Like we have a couple guys coming right. back that should help. No, absolutely. They have a lot of pieces coming back. So if they're winning now and they got these big pieces coming through, then then I don't think Lou thinks there's there's something that needs to be added. All right, let's go on real quick. Let's do some predictions here. We'll revisit the preseason predictions yeah. we have here. All right, because I we talked about most of yours already. I, the, as I think I covered most of these. Yes, I covered most of these on the list. So. You had the de- you're around the Devils. You're wrong on the Islanders. You said the Islanders would not be good without Tavares. You predicted that they would tra- that the uh, Rangers would trade Zuccarello, which you were correct about. Right. And, and you said your sleeper in the preseason was the Carolina Hurricanes, and they're still in the mix. We'll, we'll give myself a half point on that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they, they they came out out strong. They're they're yeah. they're starting to show that they're human now. Yeah. Uh, so we'll give myself a half point. Yeah. So you have two and a half points, and you got another point here. Your your uh, cup prediction was Maple Leaf Sharks. I think it's still very much in play. I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the San Jose Sharks have been just phenomenal. Um, Joe Pavelski, I think, scored his, like, 34th goal of the season. Yeah. Um, they're all I – mean, Evander Kane, Mark yeah. Andre Vlasic, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson. That power play yeah. – can we talk about that power play for yeah. two seconds? Mm-hmm. Brent Burns and Eric Carlson are quarterbacking that power play. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. Yeah. It's not like, okay, you have John Carlson on the Washington Capitals and then, like, Juice, you know, yeah. where, like, he, he's a good player, but he's not John Carlson. You have Brent Burns yeah. and Eric Carlson yeah. pretty much quarterbacking those power plays. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. So their special teams, I think, have been great. Um, and, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs, let's just look on paper and let's look at the roster. Matthews, Marlowe, Marner, Nylander. Frederick Anderson's been a brick wall at times. I mean, he can he can be better, but he has been great. Um, they do struggle in the defensive position, so I thought maybe Adam McQuaid could have went to Toronto. Yeah. That would have been really interesting to see what we got in return from Toronto. But you still have Riley, who's been having a phenomenal season. Norris Trophy winning? No, but a phenomenal season. Um, Gardner, a lot of people have mixed reactions with Gardner being on the Leafs. Some people hate him. Some people love him. Some people blame him for the whole Boston Bruins thing, why they lost the um, the series against Boston Game 7. You know, they need help on the blue line. I think that's what they're missing. But 
their GM is so tied yeah, up in yeah. all this cap that yeah. he needs to manage right yeah. now. I don't think he was thinking about we need a defenseman yeah. right now. So you're in good shape. Yeah. I'm in good shape right now. We'll, we'll see if I'm wrong. I could very well be, and I'll admit if I'm wrong. Uh, but let's, um, let's go. Let's go on to Nostradamus Mary. I like to call her right now. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I was looking at the rundown. Yeah. She like got everything. Yeah. Let's recap what Mary said back in October. We had some predictions here. She called the Kevin Hayes trade. She, said he, she, she did. Was, she was a goner. And she, she got that like, one. Uh, said the Islanders did not would not miss John Tavares thanks to Matt Barzal and Barry Trotz leading that team. So two for two. She was around that. I was I was completely yeah. wrong on that. Yeah, her sleeper pick was the Calgary Flames, who are she leading the Western, who are leading the Western Conference at the this, as of this recording. Yep. And her prediction for the final was Capital Sharks, which is also very much in play. See now, I think it's in play. I think repeat teams are yeah. very rare because I feel like the teams may get a little full of themselves. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying these guys aren't humble. I'm not saying that they're bad people or anything like that. I'm saying they won the Stanley Cup final. They probably think they have it all figured out. The Capitals may know they have a lot of work ahead of them to do it because you've experienced it. Yeah. But that concerns me. Pittsburgh Penguins are able to do it. It concerns me because what's going on in the head of, of Holtby when he goes to the playoffs? Oh, this is a lock. We won last year. We yeah. have the best team. You don't know. You don't know what's in the head of Alexander Ovechkin. You don't know if they're playing with the desperation that the other teams are playing with. Yeah. Columbus may play with a hell of a lot of desperation because they know, okay, we need to do something with all these players. If we don't, we're just going to yeah. look like uh, chickens with our heads here. So that lack of desperation may actually hurt the Washington Capitals, even though they have pretty much the same team they did last year with the additions of Haglin, um, you know, they got rid of Grubauer. Yeah. So maybe goaltending might be an issue if Holtby gets hurt, knocking what he doesn't. Make sure he doesn't. Um, you know, I don't wish it upon him. So it's possible, but again, with Tampa Bay and Toronto, I don't know if Washington is going to be able to get past Tampa Bay again. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yes, that's Mary's predictions. I made only one pick. I picked my cup prediction of Pittsburgh and Nashville. So I need Pittsburgh to pick it up a little bit. But if they get in, I got a shot. I, I think every time Pittsburgh is in the playoffs, yeah, they have a shot of going yeah. to the Stanley Cup. I, yeah. Pittsburgh, like I said earlier, has been a phenomenal team. Yeah. Um, I personally think that. I personally think that if Pittsburgh gets in, I don't know if they're going to the Stanley Cup this year because you have teams like the Tampa Bay Lightning, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, even the Boston Bruins, if they come out as the, the victor um, of their divisional play. But you can't count them out. No, you can't. You really can't. It's just so hard with Crosby and Murray and, and all those players I mentioned before in this podcast. So it's it's definitely going to be an interesting year. Yeah, it is going to be interesting. Th- Pete, thanks for coming by talking all this hockey. Got it out of your system after a couple of months. So Yeah, it's, just, it's been it's been like building up. And when this whole Columbus thing happened, it was like, Mike, get me on the air. i got to talk about this. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's always fun talking hockey. No problem. Before you go, let, let everybody know how to follow you on social media and some of the stuff you've been up to. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at PJConsidori. Uh, 29. That's C-O-N-S-A-D-O-R-I. Um, I have a couple of original tweets, but mostly I do some retweeting of the Rangers, National Hockey League, a lot of retweets of um, the uh, player safety um, Twitter so that if there's any fines, any suspensions, stuff like that. Connor McDavid got suspended yeah. two games, yeah. which I found very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just I do a lot of retweeting, um, and I have my own opinions, put up some polls. So definitely follow me there if you want a good hockey follow. 
Yeah, and you also dropped a documentary back in December. Yeah, thank you. I uh, I completed my master's for the sports communications and media program here at Iona College, and um, you can find that on YouTube. It's just type in the title uh, uh, "Concussions in Professional Sports." We cover NFL, NHL. Um, we talk about what a concussion is. We talk about all that kind of stuff. It's it's a nice informational piece. Um, so definitely check that out on YouTube if you can. Yeah, definitely check it out. They got some good people interviewing there. I mean, Brian Boldanger's on it. You got some got uh, got Jeremy Roenick. We got some sound from Jeremy Roenick. We got some quotes from Jeremy Roenick. Uh, we got the Boldinger brothers. Yeah. We got Gary and Brian. We got a doctor, um, Dr. Schwartz, who's uh, – he does a he has, he has so much he has yeah. so many accolades yeah. Dr. Schwartz but he talks about concussion protocol what a concussion was he talks about when he got a concussion um, so there's some pretty interesting facts in there some pretty interesting stats that you can look at so definitely give it a look yeah I checked it out it's definitely worth viewing guys Pete once again thanks for the time we'll get you back here in April once the NHL playoffs start thanks Mike all right that's Pete Considori on your hockey up next we're going to go to the baseball beat we're going to talk American League preview today right after this <laughs> It's time for the baseball beat. With Will and Play ball. All right, and we're back. That was our brand new bumper for the baseball beat. Back with us. The last time we heard these, these guys was two weeks ago. Back with us first, Will Schneiderham. Will, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing good. Also with us, as you, as always, Anthony Sarbellini. Anthony, how are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Doing very good. We got some baseball news to get into before we dive into the reason you're both here, which is we're previewing the American League today. But first, we have some big news on this. The big news to celebrate right now. Manny Machado is signed. Ten years, three hundred million dollars with the San Diego Padres. Anthony, what's your reaction? That's an absurd amount of money. I first <laughs> saw that contract, I was like, "Oh my god!" What? I, I, I mean, I don't think like any player, no matter what sport, is worth that much money. But I mean, I'm just happy to see him signed somewhere. Well, what about you? What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, I. Just I just kind of look at it more as a five-year deal, right? He's gonna, you know, you got that opt-out. Or I'm, I'm, I mean, it's still so much money, but we knew it was coming, and I just feel like it was an inevitable, right? Like these guys yeah. seem like they weren't going to sign unless they got 300. I mean, we don't know. Harvard Harvard's still waiting, so yeah. I don't know. I, that's that's a contract that you see that, and you're like, ah, two years he'll be traded to the you know Yankees yeah, or something. Yeah, there, I think there's already odds in Vegas about how long it takes for him to get traded to the Yankees. Oh yeah, he'll, he'll never. Yeah. I think he'll be even if he doesn't get traded, he's done after that opt out. Right. No, no, I, I don't see them going anywhere within the next five years. I think he's gonna do one of those like. You know, he pockets all that money for five right. years, and then he's, you know, okay. Get, gets another one. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, say he does even better than he does. Or, or he's like, you know what, let me go win something. If yeah. he has some yeah. change of, you know, personality by then. I think that contract is actually very good for him because, like, and it's good for the – I think it's actually better for the Padres because they're getting him from 26 to 31, no, which, yeah. I think, which I think yeah. is his prime. Well, the prime for baseball players. for baseball players. So, like, if he wants to opt out and give up $150 million, sure, he can go do that, and they'll get five great years out of him. But I think I was surprised, like – the Padres giving out three hundred million dollar contracts now. What world are we living in? Well, I mean, I mean, if you saw it last year with them <laughs> adding Hosmer, I mean, yeah, that's only like what one fifty. <laughs> yeah, but still, I mean, you don't hear the Padres small market team spending that kind of money. You know, I, think, I think it's like what you said though. I don't look at it as a three hundred million. I look at it as one one fifty for five. I really, I, I just, 
I can't imagine he's. You know what? I can't imagine he sticks around there. Yeah. Like no, unless they, because remember yeah. they did this a few yeah. years ago yeah. with Upton with yeah. Kimbrel, mm-hmm. and then yeah. they're like, well, we didn't get it in the first year. You know, then they're all they're all gone. But yeah, speaking of Kimbrel, I mean, you you saw the reports well recently. Now he's thinking about sitting out if he doesn't get what he wants. What do you think about that? <laughs> you know, I feel bad because like the players' association is just crumbling, and I think Tony Clark has just been uh, done such a bad job with that. But it's just you know like. That's insane to me. I mean, this is supposed to be the like market setting, mm-hmm. record setting off season. We are all here for years. We heard about this, right? For years, <laughs> for like at least the last two years, exactly. And we got Kimbrel <laughs> might not play. Harper isn't signed, and I mean, nobody wants Dallas Keuchel. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, nobody, nobody wants Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. uh, it's baffling, baffling to me. Hundred percent. It's very strange. And also another thing of interest I, I noticed here. I mean, first of all, for Kimbrel. Kimbrell thinking he was going to get six years as a closer. I don't no, know what yeah, drugs no. he was on yeah, because yeah. that was never going to happen. So I'm, I'm sure somebody will give him a three-year contract offer late in the spring, see if he takes that. And the other thing that's still interesting right now, Bryce Harper still out there right now. Well, we're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going, Bryce? wherever the money is yeah right at this point you can't even tell anymore it's just i'm seeing things left and right like he's asking for like somewhere in the neighborhood of 350 360 yeah. like yes I there's know. like mm-hmm. six mystery teams now in the middle of it the <laughs> phillies are apparently backing out i'm like well those mystery teams are for the reporters exactly, right, yeah. so right. <laughs> at this point i feel like he's just spinning the wheel and throwing yeah. a dart yeah anthony i saw about the 350 360 thing you're referencing about how apparently boris is selling that he has cachet off the field that makes him worth the extra money yeah. do you buy that <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't think they should be getting this much money, but it's going to happen. I mean, they're once in a generational talents, yeah, but I mean, it's just what the market wants. It's, I mean, you want these guys on your team. It's just what it costs to get them. I think the thing is, though, like I just for some reason, he just does not want to be a Philly. For, he's a begging oh, guy. No, he he's, like, he's like, he's like, please, somebody sign me. I don't want to go there. He doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> I think that's 100 percent why yeah. he hasn't signed yet. But we knew Boris was going to do this. Yeah. I mean, when there was like reports, remember, like or like a little bit. I mean, it wasn't like he was going to sign, but there's a lot of traction around the Bryce Harper front, mm-hmm. and that was before Machado signed. I'm like, there's no way unless unless Scott Boris woke up like, with you know all these like, an epiphany, he was never going to have him make that deal before Machado. Oh, 100 percent. That's he was going to wait because basically I saw a report today from Bob Nightingale said by the end of the week, which we I mean we've heard this before. I will leave it when I, I see it with I, him. Right. By the end of the week, like yeah. we are in the same month that the season starts. Huh? It's yeah. week one of spring yeah. training. Yeah. Come on, let's go. <laughs> It's absurd. <laughs> now, like, I can't even wrap my head around that. Now, I've seen reports today also indicating that Harper is thinking about, like, maybe the Dodgers, the Dodgers and Giants yeah. are thinking about, like, you know, like, maybe we can get him for four years with a higher average salary. So maybe, like, they give him, like, 160 over four years, and then he gets to go on the market again at 30 and try and get a mm-hmm. big deal. Do you think that would be a wise move if he did that, Anthony? I think so. I mean, I'd go to the – I mean – it's all a matter of what Bryce wants to do as a player. Does he yeah. want to be known for the money, or does he want to be known for the legacy to yeah. go after the ring? The Dodgers are in the National League right now are like in the prime spot to go. They're one, two pieces away, and adding Bryce Harper, they could be up there. Yeah, I think I felt like Bryce Harper's a perfect fit for that Dodger team. And also, one thing to remember here, he's a Vegas native, so he'd be a lot closer to home in, Ve- mm-hmm. in L.A. or San Francisco than he would in Philly. Oh, he obviously wants to be in the West Coast. Yeah. It's very apparent. Right? Yeah, I think <laughs> he's so done with the East. and just. I wouldn't say he's on the East. I mean, like if Washington had given him what he wanted, he would have stayed. I think if the Yankees were in, he would have been there. I just think he wants to be in a big market. I don't think Philly's big enough for him. No, mm. I just saw, and he can't. I can't see him in Philly. Yeah, he's not a Philly no, to me. You know, he's like not. he's not like one of those Utley, Howard, you know, Victorino, those guys. He's not great. You know, I just couldn't see him there. Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah, let's, let's move on to a little bit. Some interesting news of the week. 
that the league is putting in the 22nd pitch clock for spring training games. And if it's successful, they might bring into the regular season. For those who are not aware of what it is, it's the 22nd pitch clock proposed by Rob Manfred last year. The rules how this is going to work were leaked last week. And actually, the Santa Price lease out. Mark Feinstein tweeted out, the batter must be in the box with five seconds to go, and the pitcher must either begin his windup or be in the set position at 20 seconds to go. So the pitch does not have to be out of his hand. He just has to be set or in his windup at 20 seconds. And it does not apply to the first pitch of an at-bat. So when you walk in the box, you still have your guy doing the wrist straps, and you could like just step off, wander off. Once the at-bat yeah. starts, that's when the clock starts. And the last thing here, they're going to start with informal warnings the first few weeks of camp. So, like, the first few weeks, like, go, umpire will go to uh, Boom between these and be like, hey, you know, uh, Severino was slow on these three spots. you got to let him know. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of camp, they'll start enforcing ball or strike oh, penalties. That's the thing. Yeah, your thoughts, Will. <laughs> oh, you just heard, right. But now that – I'm all on board. The Like, right, the idea of a pitch clock makes sense, right? Like, oh, let's get it going. Let's. Sh- I mean, what's it going to shave off? Though? I was going like to say, how often? Ten minutes is, maybe? If that. Right? Yeah. I mean, ten minutes is a lot, right? Yeah, yeah so, that is a lot. So, like, what, what – I just don't get like, what are you gonna do? Like, oh, there's a strike, or, or like, oh, the batter's yeah. out of the box. That's a strike. Like, come on, no, that that is just so not. Well, baseball. I know what they did for high school and even maybe some yeah. juco. They were like, you have to stay in the box, no more stepping out of the box. Because remember they like tried that. that a few years. Yeah. What was it like? Remember like that was the big deal like a few mm-hmm. years ago, and then like halfway through the half season, the team's like, no, everybody yeah. was out. Because like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. It sounds great, but then like you stop enforcing it. Like they'll like, yeah. like that thing lasted like two months, and then like by June, everybody was doing yeah. the same thing now, again. The balls and strikes. That's just I'm out on that. You can't do that. No. That's dumb to me. That's I mean, it's just like right. It's don't just like so against game. exactly. Don't, don't it's mess so with it. against the grain. I'm just, all for yeah. like updating the game to make it yeah, in this yeah. century, but don't start like enforcing no. like balls and strike penalties. It, and stuff I'm like cringing. That. I'm cringing. I'm like, yeah. You're cringing. We're all cringing just, as we're uh, thinking about that. To be fair, they have implemented the minor leagues. Apparently, the minor league pitchers have been fine with it. So I don't. <sighs> I, I think the pros should, should be able to get used to it. It must be like a you know, mm-hmm. get off my lawn thing, right? Like we're traditional. Like it's where you. You know what I mean? I guess it's like. I guess I would get used to it, but ugh, the idea of it really puts me off. <laughs> my my deal is, it's like honestly, like as like a fan, like I would love to see like the game move a little faster because like you you're when you go you guys have been to a lot of games, you know, mm-hmm. like the first four innings, five innings fly, and then know, like then you, yeah. get the deb- then you get the pens. you get the cavalcade relievers coming in, yeah. they all take like ten minutes to throw a pitch, and like it, it's when the game box down, it goes from like a one hour game to a three hour game. So like if you get it down to like instead from like three fifteen to three, that's a lot better. Right. Yeah, I guess it's like some give and take, though, right, from yeah. the players. Like, yeah. it's like, we want this rule. Like, can you guys, I think that's the only way, like, like mm-hmm. really hold them account. Like, hey, just hold up your end of the bargain, please. I mean, yeah. I know it sounds soft and dumb, and you have to give it, you have to incentivize yeah. everything nowadays, but, yeah. like, you know, like, yeah, it, it's it's a two side thing. Like, the players should be able to handle, like, getting it in and going. Yeah, yeah. it's just. They have to suck it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? just suck it yeah. Up, I mean. Like, why do we have to give a strike? You can't yeah. you just do it. <laughs> All right, last headline of the week, latest on the Jacob DeGrom extension talks. Obviously, nothing really happening there. I talked about it last week on the show with uh, Sean wrote Tom Bacchino from the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We have a little new clip uh, from Brody Van Wagen. He was on SNY's Mets Hot Stove last week. They were asked, Steve Yelp asked him about how he would view with the DeGrom negotiations and what his view on the deadline is. So here's what Brody had to say. I think we have a mutual understanding that uh, that we want to get any business talks resolved and, and clarified before the start of opening day. The last thing we want is to have uh, you know a contract situation or a discussion about a player's future trickle into the season to where it becomes a distraction for everybody else. So we'll continue to have the dialogue. Uh, we have uh, a good relationship and a open communication with the player, and I'm sure that will trans- uh, transcend to to the agents as well, and we'll see where it goes. 
All right, Will, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, it's just like it's like everything he says, right? Like, I do like Brody, yeah. but it's always like he says it so sternly that you kind of think he's saying something, but then you listen to him and you're like, okay, so you're just saying that. <laughs> you're just reinforcing the idea that, yeah, we'll talk to him before spring training. I mean, coming from a non-Mets <laughs> fan, right? It just sounds like no, tip- right? just yeah. typical, like, speech. Yeah. Like, we don't want to go have this go on during the season. Too much of a distraction. Yeah, that's like, yeah. Every agent says that. Yeah, every general yeah. manager says that. Yeah. Like, that wasn't any news. <laughs> that wasn't anything. No, I mean, he... I don't know. Uh, he's in a very. We talked about it he's, last he, week. He's a he's a politician. He is. Yeah. He <laughs> very knows. smooth. He's yeah. A, he <laughs> is. He is. Yeah. It's because I mean he sounds a lot better saying it than Sandy Alderson would say. Because Sandy Alderson just gives just says a bunch of nothing. Well, like, how about uh, why they didn't pursue Giancarlo Stan? Wasn't <laughs> that what it was last year? Oh, we got Brandon Nimble playing and like. Hey, right hey, to be fair, <laughs> that, that's not bad, right? Oh, Brandon Nimble no, making no. nothing. I know. No, I agree. <laughs> but still, it's like God. It is, and I, I love how he addresses I, him as a, the player. Yeah. We're in discussions with the player. No, he is the. Yeah, he is the player. He's pretty much. He's gone for right now. He's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is no other Met, Met that's more important than him right now. And with that, it's time for a brief break. The baseball beat will be right back after this. And trying to make it six and a half tonight. Let's go to the American League for a bit. We each took a division and breaking down what each team did in the offseason, gave everybody an update on what's happened with them, some of the big moves they made. So we're going to go around the horn here. We'll alternate teams. So basically what I ask you guys to do is give me some of the highlights of the moves they made and if you think they got better or worse. Uh, Anthony, we'll start with you. Give me the Boston Red Sox, our defending champions. I feel like they're a little bit neutral, might have gotten a little bit worse. Okay. I could. St- I mean, they're still going to be at the top of the division, fighting for the Yankees. They'll definitely make the playoffs, and they'll be a, a good team in the playoffs. But compared to last year, they took a little bit of a step back. Yeah. yeah so, like, what are some of the moves that they've made over the winter, or like lack of moves? Well, I mean, <laughs> the just the, yeah, more so lack of moves. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't want to bring in more guys, stable that offense and stuff like that. And also, I would even still bring back Krimbrel. Yeah, I mean, just bring him back on a one-year deal, some one, two-year deal, something like that. Yeah, I mean they they should, they should have Kimbrel back. I don't they they brought Evaldi back. They let Joe Kelly go. But like, I don't really think they did that much. No, they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm I was really surprised that they let rid, uh, they got rid of uh, the Joe Kelly walk. I was a little bit surprised at that because he went to the Dodgers. Yeah. I was like, yeah, the Dodgers threw a ton of money yeah. at him yeah. early on. <laughs> yeah, he was he signed right around the winter meetings, and all the relievers were, get, were starting to get paid. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, let's continue on. We'll go to the American League Central for a minute. Will give me the Cleveland Indians. What's on them? <laughs> I mean, like right after the Red Sox, right? It's kind of <laughs> ironic. They're, they're both like teams that, I mean, the Red Sox. They just didn't do too much. Where the Indians didn't do too much, and they also let a lot go. Right, Jan yeah. Gomes didn't bring back Brantley, uh, Edwin Encarnacion. Right, a yeah. lot. I mean, Yonder Alonso. Like, they basically shuffled some guys in and out. It's mm-hmm. weird though, because like when you look at, I mean, Cody Allen, another one, Andrew Miller. I mean, they brought in like Matt Joyce, man, a minor league deal. See if you, what he can do. Like yeah. Oliver Perez. Like, it's stuff that's kind of like. 
eh, like nothing big, but also I think they're kind of playing to that division, right? Like you don't really have to keep re- you don't have to reload yeah. like yeah. the Yankees to win that division. But you, I mean, they they could, they're going to win the division most likely. But yeah, I think it might be tighter though. I think it might it be might tighter be t- than yeah. with, with the Twins. I mean, yeah. talk about the Twins later. I think mm. the Twins have a shot. Yeah, but but, no. but Cleveland, it was kind of you know like yeah, was, and then they were almost traded Kluber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was weird. It, it was like an odd odd off season for them. Yeah, because like sort of like they're in a weird spot where like they're fine right now. They can win their division, but they don't have an upside in the American League playoffs. Oh, no, no, they're not yeah. even going to touch the playoffs. I mean, be God, first round. Yeah, yeah, God forbid, like uh, Ramirez or Lindor goes out for an extended period of time. Forget it. I mean, forget it. Like they Lindor's would, already yeah. out right now. Right, yeah, yeah, he's out for the for spring training, right? Yeah. Yeah. He might might bleed into the regular season. I, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, that's a big issue. Yeah, and taking out Brantley and uh, what's his name uh, and uh, Encarnacion, trade yeah. them away and bring back Santana and Joyce a big downgrade offensively. I mean, so, yeah, yeah it, it, nothing, nothing crazy. And I, I mean, for what you got rid of to like just bring back Santana, like it's yeah. not like they got rid of a lot of money either. Yeah. They got an ex- they got rid of a year of money basically. Yeah, yeah. it was just odd, very odd. All right, so you think they got? You think they're slightly worse? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at them as like an 85 win team to be completely honest, but I do think that's enough probably to win the American. Yeah. League I think Central. they'll be a little higher. I think they'll be right at 90. I think they're going to beat up on the bottom three at the division and get the 90 true. wins. That's true. It's true, and it's a, it all you know you never know. I mean, this team by I mean, what did they have at the de- you know at the deadline last year? They had a Josh Donaldson. Yeah. You never yeah. know yeah. with yeah. that stuff. So all right, we're going to me now. I did the American West. I'll start with the defending champions in the American League West, the Houston Astros. They made a couple of big moves. They brought Michael Brantley in to play yeah. left field. I think that was a strong addition I to that love team. That move. Yeah. Because I love Brantley. He's a great contact hitter. You can add some stuff to that lineup, which is fun. Wade Miley's rotation depth I like, but they've lost a lot of guys too. I mean, mm-hmm. Charlie Morton's in Tampa now. He left. Keiko's still out there. They didn't re-sign him. They let they let two catchers go in, guys and Martin Maldonado. Yeah. Marwin Gonzalez is gone. I mean, that's a lot of players off that team. Yeah, yeah. I think Marwin Gonzalez might be the biggest loss. Yeah, such a yep. big utility played member. everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. Switch hitter. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think they definitely got worse. I for them, I think the key is like how a guy like Kyle Tucker comes up and fits in the mix because like Kyle Tucker, I think they want to have him to have a big role here. Right, mm-hmm. invest a ton offensively. Yeah. And it's ba- you're banking a lot, right? Right, like you're banking mm-hmm. a lot on health. Yeah, because they were not yeah. healthy last year. Because no. I mean, I mean, if you get Bregman back healthy. Correa, Altuve. I mean, again, you know, those yep. three guys are yep. enough to just go on a tear. Yeah. So yeah, Correa killed me in fantasy baseball yeah. last year because I had him. I'm like, I've had him a couple of years. I'm not keeping him well, anymore because like he just doesn't stay on the field. No, a few years ago, I remember uh, it was the beginning of the 2015 season. Mm-hmm. I think when they, they played the Yankees early, mm-hmm. and he came in and had like three homers in a series, and I thought it was about to be his league. And yeah. I mean, the regression that yeah. he has been taking is crazy. All right, let's go on. Let's go back to the American League East. Anthony, we'll go back to you. We talked about the Yankees last week, but give me a brief update on some stuff they've done since then. I mean, big update coming in this morning. We just re-signed Aaron Hicks to a yeah. nice little contract big, extension. Big. Seven years, seventy million. I think yeah. a great deal. I think I, no, I agree with that. He's such. I saw it that I think Aaron Boone said it. I'm not entirely sure, but one of the most underrated yeah, Boone, players Boone, in baseball. Yeah. yeah. I. I agree. 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with that too. Yeah. It was just he's always been such a catalyst for the offense. He just can never stay healthy yeah he's that one player if he's healthy i mean we we saw it last year he's yeah. one hell of a player yeah yeah i also heard they're talking to the patances too about potential extension and um yeah patances probably dd a little bit too yeah i hope they extend uh dd dd they will i they, can't they imagine should. i can't imagine i know there was talks like oh we need to bring let's let like go after machado yeah. because yeah, dd's yeah. gone but now like no like stick with dd he's proven that He's more than capable. I mean, the first year he came in, I was skeptical because, I mean, I think yeah. the New York spotlight kind of got to him. You know, small guy coming from Arizona. He was 
little bit baffled underneath the New York spotlight. I was like, oh my gosh, post this, Jeter, this guy's gonna, you know, gonna replace Jeter for us and like that. But then like each each and every year, he's been getting better offensively and, and defensively. He's just, yeah. he's just, a wall. Yeah, I just there. just to add like really quick on that. I think it's funny that like they wanted to kill Cashman this off season yeah. with the two guys. That everybody loves, and you know, you're psyched that Hicks is back. He traded John, John Ryan Murphy for him, mm-hmm. one of his best trades ever. And then Didi, yeah. I mean Didi, what did he change? Trade Shane, uh, Shane Green, who's, Shane who's Green. on the yeah. Tigers yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Cashman, he can, he can find value hitters. <laughs> I mean, those are two moves that God. Yeah, <laughs> those are phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, another interesting thing to keep an eye on with them is the first base battle that I've heard reports now. They may not keep both Voight and Greg Bird, so yeah, we'll see how that plays out. I'm fingers crossed for Luke Voight. <laughs> I hope he's more than a story from last year. I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm so done with yeah. the Greg. Bird. The only yeah. reason Bird is in this battle is because he's left-handed. If yeah. it was yeah. two right-handed hitters, he would have been gone. Absolutely. So let's go back to the Central. Will give me the Twins as they just signed Marwin Gonzalez. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. Like, you know, it's like so tough. Like, you know, I don't want to get sold on paper, but I, the Twins are going to be really interesting. You know, first year manager in Baldelli, but they did some, you know, they extended Polanco and Kepler five years. Uh, they did a lot of like little one year, like Nelson Cruz, Jonathan Scope, Martin Perez. Yeah. Um, they got value. I, I, I like, I think what they've done this offseason is like, hey, like, okay, we have all these prospects still. Let's go spend. Let's just go spend. You know, short term money and see what we can. You know, if we can catch lightning in a bottle. And I, yeah. mm-hmm. they'll, they'll be a team like Nelson Cruz. I mean, those are Johnson Scope. Like these are guys. And also, the best part about it is these are guys that if they you do you don't do well, you flip them, flip them like right. that. Yeah. And those are guys that can get. You know, because <laughs> somebody will because to be American League team in the playoffs, they need to DH. They will trade from Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz. Yeah. I mean, Scope is another one of those guys. Like he huge huge bounce back year candidate. I mean, I. I like what they, I really do like what they what they did, and I think Marwin's just a great signing for what they paid him. I mean, just yeah, to man. jump on that in that fantastic, and I think they brought yeah. Lucas Duda in. Yeah. I mean, they've been utilizing the market to their strength. Yeah. You know? yeah, Twins have done a very good job yeah. this offseason. Back to me at the American League West, I'm going to go to the last playoff team from last year. We haven't hit yet the Oakland A's. The A's lost a lot of the guys they brought in and in, in the play to make the playoff run last year. Familia went back to the Mets. Lowry went to the Mets. Luke Croy's gone. Sean Kelly, Brett Anderson, Cahill gone. But they did bring in some guys. They brought Joaquin Story in, two-year deal, helped boost the bullpen, which I think was a big help. Brought back Fire, Mike Fires, two-year deal. He was a solid star for them yeah, down the stretch. Yeah, he always really is good. like an innings eater guy. I think they got a steal getting Marco Estrada on a one-year contract because I feel like he's going to yeah. be a guy who goes out to Oakland and just reinvents mm-hmm. himself again. And the steal of the offseason, I think, for them, I think getting Jerks and Profar off the say, Rangers. Yep, yep. Yeah. Because, like, People forget this guy was the number one prospect in baseball a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and he got hurt and like he never got a chance to really break in with Texas because they had Andrews and a couple of guys ahead of him. So like, I think he's the perfect guy that will go to Oakland, be forgotten about, and then all of a sudden you woke up at the altar yeah. like, in three three twenty in three twenty like fit with forty steals because what he's like not even twenty six yet if no. that right? No, he's like as Yahoo call he's a post hype sleeper kind yeah, of guy, yeah. Yeah. and he's one of those. I mean, he's like a anyway. Let's talk about Marwin Gonzalez. I mean, he's one of those guys, right? I yeah. mean, today's baseball. Just all about anywhere. that. Yeah. Every, all he need. plays literally everywhere. Okay, let's move on back to the American League. The team that just missed the playoffs this year, Anthony. Talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, they're such a good young team. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's just they're in a tough division. I think if they're in any other division, they're easily a playoff team. Yeah, having to play the Yankees and Red Sox thirty-eight times, not helping the cause. Yeah, especially <laughs> after last season. I mean, Red Sox winning a hundred yeah. games, Yankees yeah. right behind them, like ninety-something yeah. wins. And it's just. I think they can make a decent push for a wild card spot against the Twins, somebody like that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, with Kevin Kiermeyer and everything, they just, for a small market team, they're such a good 
They just know how to yeah. build teams. Yeah. What did they win last year? Like ninety. They won right? ninety. Yeah. yeah. They just and, and almost eight of the year. That's a good number to get the playoffs. Not in that year. The American mm-hmm. League was just yeah. really yeah. good last yeah. year. You're right, though. I agree. I think like with the sub, those second tier teams, mm-hmm. not really like they could definitely sneak in a wild card. Yeah. I would yeah. say. And I think well, you think got the Charlie Morton move for them, bringing him in from Houston. Yeah, no, I like it. It's definitely the good way to go. That's such a raise move too. Yeah, it, he fits that team so well. I mean, the Red Sox and Yankees probably are not going to do well against him because of his curveball. Exactly. And it's I just those under the radar guys that the Rays like to sneak up on and then just take them, and then they'll just dominate the Red Sox and the Yankees. All right, for sure. Let's yeah. keep, let's go back to the Central. Now we're getting to the drags of that division. So why don't you give me the Detroit There's Tigers next, Will? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the Tigers. You know, they're just waiting for all of the awful money they've spent to go away. That's uh, gonna be a while. <laughs> so I mean, I, 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 they did bring, they did do some. Uh, you know, like what the Twins. I mean, the Twins brought the guys in to help them win, and then if they don't win, they trade them. But the Tigers brought in Tyson Ross, Jody Mercer, like Josh, Josh Harrison. They're probably placeholders. Yeah, just to be like, mm-hmm. okay, and then gone by the trade deadline. Yeah. Like, so I mean, what are I, they going to win? Sixty games, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't get why more teams don't do that though. Especially yeah. these teams are like right now they're playing, they're not spending money. Why don't you sign a guy for a year and no, say, I mean, yeah, yeah, and say like you know what, like if he. If he doesn't like, if we're not in it, you just flip the guy and get prospects. For yeah, him. and I mean, like, I mean, like, even if it, you know, Josh Harrison, say that if the guy's hitting two sixty by by July thirty first, whenever the deadline is, He'll someone's value. gonna just get, someone's yeah. gonna write. I mean, even if you're not yet, I think the problem is, is teams are. It's getting to that part where teams are like, oh, if I'm not getting the number one guy, because that's what Sandy got killed for, and he yeah. did do an awful job at times with like when he traded all the bullpen arms. Yeah, but, like th- there seems to be no emphasis on like just. Depth guys, yeah. right? So I'm, I don't know. Detroit's gonna. If you're a Tigers fan, Jush, buckle up. Sorry, long year. Buckle up. Speaking of teams that are gonna have a long year, and now I know why you picked the Central because I got stuck with Trader Jerry and the Seattle Mariners oh. on this list. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. It's like Trader Jerry. Really They're interesting, huh? Though, like, right? <laughs> well, I mean, basically, their whole season is they blew up everything. <laughs> Anybody who made any money is gone. I mean, they traded Cano and Diaz to the Mets. We all know about that. They traded James Pax to the Yankees, got Jack Justice, Sheffield, two prospects. They traded Gene Segura to the Phillies for Carlos Santana, J.P. Crawford. They flipped Santana for a three-team deal. They got Edwin Encarnacion. He's not going to be there for too long. By the deadline, I'm sure oh, he's yeah, gone. Yeah. Yeah. How did gone. D. Gordon stick around? Yeah. I don't know how D. Gordon's still there. <laughs> he have, like, you know, like I compromising pictures of someone I, under- I understand. got too comfortable <laughs> yeah. up in Washington yeah. up there. Yeah. I understand why Mitch Hanniger is still there because he's young and under yeah. team control. But, like, D. Gordon is right. I'm surprised he has not been flipped yet. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, but, like, I mean, they did get a lot of good prospects in these trades. I mean, I like Sheffield's, Sheffield's good. Sheffield's a good prospect. They stole Kalenic from the Mets, which was – I'm still pissed about that one. Because I mean, I, think, <laughs> I still hold – I think Dunn is – Dunn's I'm, a solid I'm player. interesting to see what – not yeah, I mean, Kalenic's obviously yeah. the big one. Yeah. Obviously, they're punting. We're not going to care about Seattle until 2022, at least, at the way they've built this yeah, team. But yeah. You know, but you know what? For – for bro, for uh, not Brody. Brody's another trader, but we're gonna talk about tra- <laughs> Trader Jerry here. So, yeah. uh, Jerry Depoe, who I who I like to say is not met a trade he is not like yet. I think he's led the league, and I think he's like made a hundred more trades than everybody since he took over the Mariners in like twenty fifteen, which is astounding <laughs> because they never have really good prospects, no. and they're also always really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's blowing it up. He's gonna try and do the Houston Astros style rebuild. We'll see if it works. Good for them. <laughs> let's, for okay. Don't hold your yeah. breath. Yeah, just <laughs> let's go. All right, let's go back to the AL East. Anthony, talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. Interesting team, right? Yeah, to say the least. I mean, I think they're in complete complete rebuild mode. Yeah, I don't see anything 
maybe 60 games, maybe 50 games, I, I think, something like that. I think they're going to be – I think they're probably going to be like 68 and 74. You might guess where, they, where they are. I, yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, they – Because uh, they still have a couple of talented pitchers there. they got Sanchez yeah, and, they got and, hard and to lose 100-plus games. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're not the Orioles. They're not that bad. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's a different thing. I mean, oh, yeah. you have to talk about – no, you don't. Yeah. You have to talk I about have the Orioles. We'll go back. We'll go back here. Where do you start? Yeah. We'll go back there in May. But what's the biggest move that Toronto made this offseason? Biggest move? I mean, I think just – I don't know one player exactly, but I think probably the biggest move is just bringing in a new manager. Yeah. Just trying to get uh, used to that new tutelage yeah. of, managership, uh, of managerialship and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, it helps when you got Vlad Guerrero waiting in the yeah. wing. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, I'm excited to see call, him. I want to see him get called up this year. Yeah, he will. I heard like, but yeah, like late he, April. Once yeah. they get past that contract year deadline, like the Mets are going to deal with Alonzo and probably the, the uh, Padres do Tatis Jr. Like I mean, yeah. I can't wait to see him play. And Dante Bichette Jr. is pretty good down there yeah. also. Have, they, and Greg Biggio's son. Yeah, they have. <laughs> yeah, right? they have, yeah, it's like instead of Degrassi next generation, it's Blue Jays yeah. the next generation. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they, they're gonna be interesting. And then I like the guy. Uh, who is? It? Don't they have um, the outfielder who came up and hit Teoscar T- Hernandez? Yeah, mm. Pilar's a great defender. Do they have Guriel yeah, Junior? Yeah, or uh, well, they, they have one of the they have one of the Guriels. Yeah, like and he was pretty good when he yeah. came up for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, it's like again, if they were in the Central, I think they'd have a shot to compete. But like they're not in the East, they're gonna get buried. Yeah, I think Top probably within. Three to five years, yeah. they'll be Good decent contenders. Yeah. yeah, with all that prospect, yeah, yeah. All those prospects. Yeah. Oh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is just going to yeah. take that team by storm. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be his team. Yeah. Once, once that he's generation of kids comes up, they're going to be really good. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be the LeBron of that yeah. team. Just go yeah. get this guy, get that guy, and everything. All right, back to the central dregs of Will. We're going to go now to the Chicago White Sox, who brought in Manny yeah. Machado's buddy and his brother-in-law. He's yeah. still not getting Manny Machado. Well, <laughs> that's. I mean, it just, you just summed it up. Next, no, but really, you did <laughs> sum it up. Like. Yeah. I mean, that was what <laughs> they haven't done anything else. I mean, they got Irvin Santana on a minor league deal, what I wish the Mets did, but uh, I don't. I mean, they're just going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't believe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you. We're, we're waiting for Eloy to come up. That's the whole White Sox plan. Oh, well, I forgot <laughs> yeah. about Eloy. Yeah. No, but he's a. Yeah, I mean, he's a stud. Yeah, yeah. it kind of sucks that Kopech has been hurt. And, you know, Giolito's never really taken off either. I mean, that guy, when he's in the Nationals, I thought he was going to be the second coming, and he has been bad. Yeah. Reynaldo Lopez has been pretty good, though. That trade has been great for either team. Adam, no, he's never on he's the field. he's been hurt, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like they it's another year of, like, yep, like you kind of say, like, yeah. the, they punted and that, yeah. but they still have, like, young talent. Yeah, so. they're they're a little ahead of the, of the uh, Tigers there, I yeah. think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. because they, I mean, they still got like you said, Moncada. Yeah. Oh, Monca- I forgot about Moncada, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's another one, like, waiting, and he's so – he's another one that's, like, people are kind of kind of forgetting about him yeah. but it's just because when he came up he was like 20 like yeah. he's only 23 or whatever now like he's he's still got a lot yeah. of room it's a little bit like Rosario with the Mets too with Moncada where like he came up with such hype and like he was eh when he came up and now like he yeah, has, right? he's still only 23 yeah, he's I mean, got a chance to be really good exactly I think yeah. that's why people like kill some of the because you know, not everybody's Claver Torres and Miguel <laughs> oh, right, exactly. I mean. you know like sorry you know but really it, 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 that is the issue with some of these guys they get ri- mm-hmm. uh, they write them off too yeah. soon so I, I, I forgot about Moncada that's a great uh, guy to keep an eye on all right i'm gonna go out to my le- next team in the american league west the the, the la angel of anaheim you know that's the stupidest name in baseball it should just be the anaheim angels <laughs> that's an exciting yeah. bunch yeah well i mean they have they, <laughs> some stuff. they, have, they have a new manager mike sochev got forced out brad ausbis took over there i think it's a good fit there because he was he did a good job in detroit he got scapegoated unfairly there yeah, i think yeah. again awful contracts <laughs> and they made they've had some intriguing additions there i mean they they brought in justin Bohr, the slugger at first base i think yeah. that's a good move trevor cahill rotation depth Jonathan Lucroy, good solid catcher. 
Cody Allen off the bullpen, and the most interesting guy of the bunch, the Dark one Knight. Matt Harvey, <laughs> the former Dark Knight of Gotham, yeah. now and on the Angels, who originally drafted him out of high school before he uh, went, to, went to UNC and yep. up on the Mets. I think unless Harvey becomes Harvey again, they're not getting near, anywhere near a playoff spot. No. Near a playoff spot? No. They, might, they don't think they'll sneak in at all? I think Oakland and Houston are too good in that division. That's the problem, is that they're going to have to deal I mean, with those teams. I don't think Oakland's going to have as good as a year they had last year. They'll have a decent year, but I don't think they're going to be the powerhouse that they were winning. Well, what did Oakland win last year? They won 90-something, but it was... I mean, even if you don't win Even if you drop a 90, yeah, it's, you're, still, say, you're still a shot yeah, at the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you, because it kind of looks... it kind of The Angels kind of look like they did what the Twins did, yeah. right? It's one-year deals where it's mm-hmm. like if Harvey, you know, if Harvey is Harvey, pitches to like yep. a three-three by trade deadline, and they're not winning, he's and, gone. And, and Cody Allen is another great bit bounce back guy. It's just that team. I don't know how they're so inept. You have the greatest yeah. player on the planet. I mean, my come on, God. Make, make it work. All right, all right. <laughs> let's let's go on to the worst team in baseball. Anthony, tell us about the Orioles. Yeah, pass. <laughs> <laughs> There's. I, I don't know what you do. Just flip the whole team at this point. Just yeah. just get rid of everybody. Just plug and play. Who took over for Buck? I don't even know. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who took over for Buck. It's, what's this, um, I feel like they were waiting forever to hire a manager and a GM. Did somebody somebody buy time? I'll look it up. I forget his I'm name. Say, I'm looking it up right now. Um, Brandon Hyde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was kind of, but he's a guy. It's just like <laughs> he's a guy. He's, so, he's there. So hey, here's, buddy. here's my question for you. Do you think Baltimore will be good for 2024? Before, before 2024? No. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> they have nothing to look forward to down there. Yeah. What prospects do they have? But, um, uh, Chance, Chance Cisco, I mean, who like, looked awful when he was up last year. And then, the, and then the kid that they got. Uh, there's one kid that got in the Machado deal. But it was like such an old, like even was everybody hilarious. was like, yeah, he's not good. He's yeah. not <laughs> just, good. Yeah, I feel bad for Oriole fans. You guys, you can, Angelo's blew up by signing Chris Davis and Machado. <laughs> I, Chris Davis. Trumbo was an you, awful yeah. contract. Yeah, they're Davis in, was an awful contract. They've been eating the Tillman. One. I mean, they've just Jesus, dude, man. Can 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 they lose? Like, they lost 115 last year. Can they make? A, can they be 10 games better this year? <sighs> no, 10. That means they still lose 105. But I mean, they, they, <laughs> I mean, they're still going to lose a lot. No, of there's games. no yeah. way they they're added anybody who's 10 games. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like, and plus, they had Manny Machado for half the season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you lose him for the and whole he was season. And he was really good with the Orioles at yeah. first. I mean, they're literally just like signing players who are like bodies. Like, El yeah. Escobar like sucks. Yeah. And they're like, hey, uh, we just need a shortstop. Like, at God. this point, just bring up the AAA squad and just throw yeah. them in there. Yeah. See who you got, who's he can But isn't it wild? That's what they did last year. But isn't it wild, like, that? Like, I mean, people kill the Mets. We don't have a farm system, yada, yada, yada. Like, oh, the Red Sox trade too many prospects. Yankees are going to trade off prospects. (laughs) <laughs> Look at the Orioles. <laughs> they're so bad. There's <laughs> nothing like 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 I, you, no hope. There's no mm-hmm. prospects. They're, yeah. they're minor league players. They're much different. Like, I different can't things. even think of anybody within <laughs> no. their system who's to even remotely look forward it's, it's to. It's just yeah. that kid, Chancisco, the catcher, their only yeah. guy, yeah. and he looked awful last year. Okay, so next we'll go to <laughs> the, the next drag. Get, we'll after talk about we just, the Kansas City Royals. After we just ripped uh, apart the Orioles. Uh, the Royals, uh, you know, I, they send Merrifield. Um, I, th- I think they brought in Billy Hamilton. Brought in, uh, it's weird. Actually, they're like they, the bullpen guys that they brought in are, are intriguing, right? Deekman, Boxberger, like guys that are just kind of like they have options. Like Homer, mm-hmm. I know they brought in Homer Bailey. Chris Owings is a guy who's actually intriguing to me. He kind of plays all over the field. Um, I mean, they're not going to be anything special, but do you think they could get to third in that division if they play well? Yeah, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. you, you yeah. still have Sal there. You know, I yeah. feel like. The Royals are just—they're well managed. They kind—they're of, well run. Their players tend to come up, and you know, it, it, their minor league players come up and, and they perform. Uh, 
Oh, yeah. Nothing special, but they'll, they'll be a competitive. You know what I mean? They'll, like you, you got to play. You got to be spunky, but they're they're gonna lose yeah. a lot of games. Yeah. They're kind of mm-hmm. like uh, they're kind of like I think they're like a step down from the Rays, where it's like you mm-hmm. still got to field nine guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got to put your best nine out there every day when yeah. you're playing them. No, the Royals are just a nitty and gritty yeah. team. They're gonna go right? out there no, and right, just yeah. argue every game with you, and like, like they'll, you, yeah. they'll compete. Yeah. but they're yeah, not like, gonna. Yeah. Like the it's Orioles, not be the you'll World go, Series team. Yeah, like the Orioles, you know, the Orioles, you'll kill them. The Tigers, you'll yeah. let them kill them. But, like, oh, we got to go play. The form. Orioles could be, uh, the Royals, yeah. excuse me, could be a team that could go, like, yeah. go in somewhere and surprise yeah. you and, like, well, sweep no, yeah. you or something. Like, oh, the Yankees, oh, we got to go play a four game set out in Kansas City. Right. Like, you that's lose a pain in the butt. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think they'll be competitive enough to, to win games, but mm. nothing crazy now. Oh, for sure. So, last but not least, I have the Texas Rangers, new manager there, Chris Woodward, former Met. Yeah, Jesus. Throw back to the 2000. 2006 era Mets, so I love that. Adrian Beltre, retired, future Hall of Famer. We all agree. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I feel like they've had a very interesting offseason. The biggest loss they had was trading Profar, which I think to them was not a big deal because they had no use for him anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they brought in a lot of guys with some props here. I mean, Jeff Mathis is this solid backup catcher. Lance Lynn, three for 30. Look at his splits. After he came to the Yankees, he was a lot better second yeah. half yeah. last year. Yeah, he got a slow start to the season. He didn't yeah. sign until late. Yeah. yeah. They brought in Shelby Miller, who was in one time traded for, I forget, it was a big trade. Dansby Swanson. Yeah. Dansby Swanson. <laughs> the number one pick in the draft. <laughs> so maybe they get some of that upside back. That'll be good. Sean Kelly coming in to help close. That would be nice. Former Met Astrubal Cabrera, one-year contract by second base. <laughs> He'll be gone at the trade deadline, don't you think? Yeah, but he's still a, he's still a very good player. Yeah, I, mean, I like him. Yeah, at second base, not a shortstop. Yeah. <laughs> and listen to some of these guys they have on minor league deals. Jason Hamill, solid, number, solid yeah. pitcher. Uh, ben Revere, the speedster. Oh, yeah. And former three-time World Series champion Hunter Pence. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. that. Oh, I yeah. saw that. And to me, they got better. And to be honest, they're over on number. I know you guys don't look at these yet. That's 70 and a half. I feel like they could very easily be over that number and win, like, close to 75 games. Yeah, I would no, say so. No, I can so. see that. Either right above it or probably even dead even with it. Yeah, I think they're a good. I think they're a good solid team. So they're always one too, right? Like they yeah. always, they're always there. So yeah. I feel like there's always that one team that nobody talks about. They're gonna be sneaky good. I think they're they might be that team in the American yeah. League. They're gonna be like the Twins were two years ago. I think, yeah, I think when that, they I snuck see, into yeah. the playoffs. I could that, see. I could see that. That's like that. That's like the sexy thing to do now. These minor league deals, yeah. like bring them in, see what they can do, and, and right. go from there. They did with Bartolo last year and it worked yeah. out for them. It's kind of like that mm-hmm. money ball mentality. Yeah, a yeah. Bit. I mean, a lot of teams are doing that this year. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, I mean, the majority of like that that second tier free agency relief market. Specifically, yeah. has been one minor league deal. Minor league, league, minor league, minor yeah, league, minor right, league. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah, we're seeing a lot of trends. All right, man. Good guys, this is a lot of fun. Yep. Thanks for the yeah. time. Before we go, we'll give you a chance to plug social media. Will you go first? Uh, yeah. So it's at w s c h n e i d e r h one at uh, on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, what else? Other stuff you're up to? Just doing a uh, fan sided, a lot of NFL stuff like usual. Diving into some baseball stuff and. Uh, I spread most of my stuff on Twitter, so if you want to see anything, it's on there. All right, cool. Anthony, how about you? Uh, yeah, Twitter, I'm at Ant Sorbellini, A-N-T-S-O-R-B-E-L-L-I-N-I. Uh, pretty much just got picked up by Fansided, so I'm going to start writing for them. Very nice. Welcome to the, the club. Yeah, thanks. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, just t- still taking pictures with the uh, athletics at Iona, so looking forward to that. Keep doing it. I was at the Westchester Knicks game last yeah. week, still taking pictures for that. Yeah. Going to a couple more games for that. But yeah, just yeah. keeping busy. Yeah, follow that Insta too of the photos. Oh yeah, my Instagram is uh, asorbellini underscore photos. So definitely check that out, guys. Thanks for the time. Thanks Thank for you. having me. All right, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. We'll do the National League. That should be a lot more fun at that point. Up next, we're gonna go to this week's two minute drill. We're gonna break out the end of the Marvel Netflix era with our pop culture correspondent Sam DeRosa right after this.
right, and we're back on the two-minute drill. But you just heard the opening theme from Netflix's Daredevil, which unfortunately has now been canceled along with the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe shows from Netflix. So considering this is some breaking news, I want to bring in our podcast's very own pop culture correspondent, Sam DeRosa. Sam is with us today. Sam, how are you? Hi, how are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing very well. First of all, everybody, give everybody a background. Like, how many of these shows have you seen? The Marvel Netflix shows. Um, I've seen all of them. I did not, to be completely honest, finish um, the Punisher season two, but it's currently being viewed. Yeah. And um, I have not finished Iron Fist, but I did watch everything else. Well, Iron Fist is not a big loss, as we all know. Because <laughs> I mean, that was such a waste. Because you have this great character who's a kung fu master. Season one, literally, they turn into a boardroom drama. It's like. That makes no sense to me. I know. I feel like it's just like one of um, like Marvel's like, you know, it's like I don't know. But then the music in there did such a great job to like pronounce like the character and everything. So yeah, the music on these shows was always on point. I mean, like we just heard the Daredevil theme. Jessica Jones's theme is very good. Yeah. In the Luke Cage one, I love that one. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, which of these series were your favorite? Which of them? Which ones did you like the most? Um, like to be uh, you know, right on top has to be. Jessica Jones, I feel like that's, like, season one. Season two wasn't, like, my favorite season, yeah. but, like, season one was so good. I was so blown away on top of also The Punisher. It's, like, it's really hard for me to, just like, decide between season one of Jessica Jones and season one of The Punisher. Like, they're just, like, right tied right down the middle. Yeah, those shows, I mean, Jessica Jones season one, people don't give enough credit. It was such a different show than what we had seen from, like, these Marvel shows previously. It had a whole deep story about, like, what it's like to like overcome like it being like used and stuff like that it was like really deep and really yeah like because like, really she was she was a complete victimized yeah, yeah. and everything and it was like really like she suffered from like PTSD PTS. and everything so I was just like that was like so it was dark because Marvel isn't I feel like as dark as like the DC universe but bringing that into light was really good I mean you know how the Punisher is just like, you know he's yeah. a dark character too yeah. but yeah, he's it's not typical Marvel. No, but these shows, I felt like they all kind of had that gritty kind of like realist tone compared to like Iron Man's cracking jokes like every three minutes he's on the screen or like Cap- they were joking about Captain America swearing in a, in a what do you call it, which Avengers was it, Age of Ultron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like these, I think that's also part of the problem I felt like for them was that I feel like they all kind of blended too similar in terms of tone. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Netflix ended up being a great platform to put these shows on yeah. instead of like making it and like, you know, uh, like a theater release or putting it on, you know, your um, ABC, CBS, NBC kind of yeah. deal. Yeah, because you could go deeper into these shows compared to like what you did with say, like if you put if you put Daredevil on ABC, you're not getting half the content you had in Daredevil on that show. Definitely, and I think like these streaming sites, like you know Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, they they have all yeah. forward TV and they allowed stories that couldn't be told on network television to be told. Yeah, do you think that, like, the fact that, like, all these shows are sort of, like, dark, serious, like, dealing with these, like, big, like, earthly villains, do you think, like, do you think it would have benefited Netflix if they had, like, one or two of these more fun and lighthearted? Like, if they sort of, like, my example I was pointing to is, like, let's say they, instead of doing Luke Cage Season 2 and Iron Fist Season 2, well, they put them together and did, like, a Heroes for Hire show where, this, where these guys sort of, like, being, like, wisecracking buddies, like, just helping people out. Like, <laughs> Maybe. That'd be a totally different, like, tone for, uh, I, you know, Luke Cage. But I feel like, you know. I mean, you could get Luke Cage going Sweet Christmas every so often. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love that. I think those two shows were meant to be together. They just didn't do it for enough. I, yeah, no, I mean, I like that each season had, like, crossovers. Like, even, like characters that weren't main characters made appearances in other ones and you saw how they inter like webbed like 
you know, to yeah, yeah kind of like the movies where they br- where mm-hmm. like where like uh, Iron Man will show up in Captain America's movie and like some of these side characters show up. I like that stuff. That was all a lot of fun. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. So my opinion, question before we move on here, what about Luke Cage? I know like you didn't really mention Luke Cage that much. I feel like that's the one that's gotten the most critical hype. Luke Cage. I really did like Luke Cage. Um, to be completely honest, I can't remember like all the serious details. I mean, I love his story and I love everything about it because uh, you get that little tease from season one and Jessica Jones and everything as well. Um, but like, I don't know. Just I just uh, I related to the characters and the I know I don't Just, know how the, I can relate to the Punisher, but like <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about it. But uh, like the Punisher and Jessica Jones, like I don't know. I just really loved their characters. Like I love Luke Cage, like as well. But like those two, I just like cl- like clung on to. It's funny. It's made, you think about the Punisher. The whole I watched season two. Obviously, you haven't finished it yet. I feel like now, sort of like I can just picture you being in season two with the Punisher, sort of like the side <laughs> character. Oh my goodness! Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that character went through quite a journey. I'm not going to spoil it for you if you haven't finished yet. Yeah, but no, I'm only on, like, episode three, so I have some time left. Yeah, well, she got quite a journey, that character, so, like... Well, I, like, I inter- got interrupted because I watched The Umbrella Academy, so yeah. I, like, kind of, like, binge-watched that, and now I'm going back to The Punisher. Yeah, yeah, you recommended that to me recently, The Umbrella Academy. It's really, like, it's one of the few shows Netflix really has going on right now, because I feel like a lot of their shows have kind of gone off the air, their signature ones. Like, all five of the Netflix ones are gone, Marvel shows. Mm-hmm. House of Cards is gone. Yeah, I all- don't think that was yeah. Netflix's fault, though, if you <laughs> think back on that. <laughs> well, House of Cards was own disaster of an ending, because yes. I don't know if you heard when I did House of Cards, I talked about it on here. Basically, my complaint was, like, they sort of... Instead of writing Frank Underwood out, they basically like went through the whole script and like sort of like searched for Frank Underwood and replaced his part with the different characters. Yeah, um, I you know it, I feel like they had to like work with what they had in such a short time. I don't know. I'm trying to be nice. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, I was so mad at the end of House of Cards because it was they ruined the show completely with that last season. They did nothing, and then at the end it ends with Claire killing Doug in the Oval Office and getting away with it. Oh my god, I I was very surprised about that. Yeah. I was just like, uh, you know, like, yeah. if you look back from season one to like their newest season, you're just like wait what like how did it get there like it, yeah it just got so absurd towards the end of it because mm-hmm. it, it was like one of those things where like they had no sort of concept of how they wanted to end it because like they had frank get the power too quickly because like season two he's the president like then where are you going from there yeah exactly yeah so they're gone orange is the new black is gone kimmy schmidt is gone <laughs> is off the air yes uh, i feel like you know for netflix shows you know you get the 10 episodes and then you don't have anything for a year or two in the case of Stranger Things. Yeah, like even mm-hmm. a series of unfortunate events, which I don't know if you uh, did. You read the books when you were younger? Yeah, I read some of the books. Okay, well they made them into a television show, and it's yeah. really good. Like, and there's only so many books, so they yeah. only have so many seasons. So I feel like maybe Netflix picks these like short production, like maybe like two, three seasons max, yeah. and then they're like gone. Except for you know Orange Is the New Black, yeah. they're on season I what it's gonna be season seven. Season I think eight? it's their final season coming up. Yeah, I can't remember how many, but that's such a good show too. Yeah, because I mean, like, what my my question for you is like, obviously you you're very in, t- in touch with the Netflix situation. You've seen a lot of their shows. You feel like they're losing a little relevance with all these shows going off the air. Um, I don't know. They did invest. I know that they're going to be putting out like because they're gonna up our like the subscription uh, prices every month, and they're going to come out with more original content. And um, I know that the the Academy Awards was last night, and Roma was up for um a few nominations yeah. and that was a Netflix bought Roma yeah. and then they streamed it on there so like a lot of people are upset that Netflix can have these like you know it's not like the Warner Brothers or you know MGM Studios it's like Netflix yeah. so they're I think that they're not unrelevant I think maybe they're going to switch more to like movies so they can compete more in these like prestigious awards yeah, exactly 
Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm curious, like, if Bird Box will end up getting, will, be, will being, like, considered for awards next year. I, I wonder. <laughs> I mean, that was a really good movie. I still have not seen it yet. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I don't, because I can't, I don't want to say anything about it. It's yeah. Bird Box. It's very interesting. Yeah. So, Sandra Bullock's awesome. All I know is there's a Bird Box challenge, and that's all I, all oh I remember. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, it's kind of like the movie, so yeah. maybe there's some spoilers. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's, that's all I got. I know there's some sort of Bird Box challenge. I've not seen it yet. It's on my list. It's, I literally put it in the list section of Netflix. So. Either watch it during the day or, like, watch it with somebody, because when you're alone in the dark, it's like, oh, geez. Like, <laughs> kind of like if you're watching A Quiet Place alone. Yeah, it's spooky. I watched <laughs> yeah. that on an airplane. Yeah. And I like was it was everything was quiet anyway, so yeah. I was like overly spooky, and I think I that was my biggest regret being on a seven hour flight. <laughs> I can't believe you'd watch a quiet place on a, on an airplane. I was running out of movies. I was <laughs> like, okay, I haven't seen this one. I haven't yeah. seen that one. I watch a lot of movies, so that's my problem. Yeah, it's like for me, Netflix will keep me because I'm one of the people who has the DVD package, so I'll get the movies that they don't have on streaming. Mm-hmm. So like like I watched the Post yesterday. I got that. And, oh, I just watched yeah. that recently too on HBO. Yeah, it's such a. It's actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, it was very intense, and it did well last uh, award season as well. Yeah, I'm always my queue is so deep. I'm like two years behind that movie. I'm getting movies from 2017 now. I know. <laughs> I kind I kind of just add movies to yeah. add movies, and yeah. then I kind of just I'm like, what do I watch? And I just skip through them, and I like yeah. rewatch the same television shows and movies all over again. Yeah, for sure, and like. I mean, in terms of what they have right now, I mean, obviously they have Stranger Things, which is amazing. Yes, which will be coming out this summer. July 4th. Is yeah, it? yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, I'm very excited about that. They picked up Haunting Hill House for a second season, but they changed it to, I think, a different cast. Yeah, it's going to be like American... Have you seen American Horror Story? I have not, but I know how it works. So they basically change the cast every year. Yeah, ex- oh, they Or they have the same cast, and it's a different story. So, yeah, different I mean, characters. Yeah, the way... I don't know if you saw anything about it, but like Hill House, there was like one episode they did four shots the episode's four hours long so each shot took like 20 you know or four hours long one hour long i'm like geez i'm losing my mind (laughs) (laughs) it's four hours but uh one hour so they did it in four shots so it's like 20 minute takes so it's insane yeah four hours long i thought you're talking about like the bandersnatch (laughs) (laughs) oh my god or the new uh, avengers movie which is probably going to be three hours yeah, three. I'm looking forward to that. I will make sure I go. Probably will not do a midnight release on that because it's going to be three oh my hours. God, it's going to be like time to go to work by the time you get out of the movie. Yeah, I know. I did. I did a midnight for last the last Avengers: Infinity War. That was an experience. Oh, see, I like. I used to do that. I did that for Harry Potter, and yeah. then I was like, I got felt like I got old in the soul, and yeah. I couldn't go out late <laughs> like that anymore. Yeah, I, it was last year. It was tough too because the timing was. It was the same day as the NFL draft that Avengers came out. So I really went to the went to the bar, watched the first, the Jets make their pick, and I was like pumped up because I got Sam Darnold, then I'm dry. <laughs> then I go watch Avengers, and I'm like depressed, and I was like, oh, they killed half the cast off. Yeah, I know, and then you had to live with the giant, uh, the Jets season there. <laughs> uh, uh, we're not talking about the Jets. I, I did, <laughs> sorry, I, that's, sorry. That's, that's, that's next week. <laughs> but yeah, like, I feel like they have, I feel like they need to find, like, one more big hit to kind of stay relevant. So, yeah. like, so, like, right now, like, they have Stranger Things, they have Black Mirror, they have Hill House, they have Mindhunters coming back. I'm looking forward to that as well. Oh my god, I'm very, very excited for that. That was a, that was, I was so unexpected by that uh, season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's supposed to be coming out soon, I believe. I hope so. I haven't seen anything for it. I've been like low-key waiting. I'm yeah. like, I'm like waiting. It's like, what gets canceled? What gets renewed? And yeah. it's like, Mindhunters renewed. I was so excited. I probably like dropped my laptop. <laughs> Okay, so we had that going on, but the big interesting thing here is they're also losing a lot of stuff to the Disney streaming service coming out, which is why I think these got canceled because they said, you know, we're not going to give Disney all this extra money to compete against us. So yeah, and but, I think that was a good move for yeah, them because yeah. you know I'm I'm excited for the Disney streaming just to see what it is. I'm hoping there's some free 30 day trials so yeah. I can see what's going on with it. Yeah. But I just hope there's a lot of Disney stuff on there. 
Yeah, I mean, from what I've heard, that Disney's pulling all their stuff off of Netflix soon, which means all their movies, all the Marvel stuff, and anything Star Wars is coming off of there. So I think all that's going there. Are you intrigued by any of these shows to talk about the Disney thing? Like, they, I've seen the MCU has, like, a Loki show coming. Something about Scarlet Witch and the Falcon is coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, interested to see how it's going to go. Yeah. So I'm, like, I'm, I'm very skeptical about it. So if you were in charge of the Netflix, of the of the Disney streaming service, like, what would be your strategy? Like, what would the stuff you put on there? Well, I put on um, all old school 90s, like, Disney Channel, like, everything. Like, because you want to go towards, like, you know, people between the ages like 18 and like 30 and stuff who like stream a lot of stuff yeah so you know a lot of people are all about the nostalgia yeah all the time so like having like boy meets world on there like lizzie mcguire kim possible like that'd be so, i'd be like sitting in front of the <laughs> my computer for forever yeah you would sitting there like friday i think like, oh i'm gonna go out but oh wait i gotta watch the next lizzie mcguire yeah yeah exactly yeah. it's like i've seen this like 12 times but gotta see it one more <laughs> Now, do you think any of these Netflix shows, the ones that got canceled, the Marvel shows, do you think any of them have a life in the Disney streaming universe after this? I know they have to wait two years because of the contract, but, like, yeah. you think they could see them bringing back, like, Charlie Cox's Daredevil on a new show somewhere? I line? see, like, I would like to think that they can pick up and, like, you know, start where they left off. But honest to God, I really think that they can't, like, portray it the same way. Because, like, you don't think of yeah. Dark and Disney being related. I mean, you have those, mm -hmm. like, scary moments in the Disney movies. Yeah. But other than that, it's, like... I don't know, like, you can't have, like, the violence and stuff. I don't feel like that's Disney brand, you know? Yeah, I don't think the hallway fight scene from Daredevil Season 1 is a Disney-friendly concept. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I've heard that the thing the theory I've heard is that, like, that they're targeting Hulu for those. So, like, stick them on Hulu because that's more adult content. Yeah. I would be interested to see that. I think, like, they had the casting so well in them, too. They had Burnfall as a great Punisher. Charlie Cox is a great Daredevil. Mm -hmm. Iron Fist they whiffed on, but that's a whole other issue. Yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some more pressing news. We had some big news coming out last week. Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Space jam. Here's your chance, do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. All right. Space Jam 2, the poster is out. We have a release date, July 6th, 2021. We saw the poster LeBron with Bugs Bunny. Very excited about that. Oh, I am extremely excited because last time I was on here, we were talking about Space Jam, yeah. and then like the news dropped like a couple, like a week later, and I'm like, I'm like, we got to talk about Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, so I remember I saw this. I texted you. I'm like, hey, you, we need to discuss yeah. this. <laughs> this needs to be top priority. So obviously, I know LeBron is not going to listen to this podcast. I know LeBron will never hear us talk about this, but we should help him out anyway. We should help him with suggestions for the movie. Definitely. <laughs> so let's break down some of the important roles for this movie. Let's come up with ideas for this. Number one, our friend Bill Murray. Do you think he's going to be back in this movie? I mean, like, honest to God, he's either got to be his role again, like playing golf with LeBron, because I feel like he would just, you know, it's Bill Murray. He's probably already, like, talked to everyone, like, I'm going to do this and that, and they'll be like, whatever, it's Bill Murray. Yeah. So I feel like he's going to do that, or he's going to make a small cameo towards yeah. the end or in the very beginning about when, like, I'm sure he's going to get sucked down the tune you know what I mean? Like, Down the hole. Yeah, exactly, for the golf. And I feel like he's going to be like, not again, like something like small yeah. like that too. Yeah, I think he's got to be in it because, I mean, like we talked about last time, like he hates Ghostbusters for some reason. I don't understand why, but like 
I feel like he's not opposed to this. I feel like if LeBron came to me and said, hey, we have a spot for you, he's not going to say, screw you, LeBron, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, exactly. I feel like um, I've read somewhere that he enjoyed, of course, I know, if Bill Murray listens to this, I'm going to be like, you know, you'll be so ex- yeah, you'll be but, so- <laughs> but I feel like he like, has said like he didn't mind Space Jam. He doesn't mind the talk about him in Space Jam. Yeah, well, I mean, he didn't really do a ton in Space Jam 1. I mean, what did he do? He played golf with Jordan, then he shows up in the in the game. And in the saves last... the game. He yeah. saves the game. Yeah, Come he, on. <laughs> he, he does save the game. He shows up. He's like, I got this. And he hits a jumper. <laughs> the best is the, one of my favorite lines is like, I don't play defense. Yeah. Like, that's like one of my favorite lines ever. <laughs> well, he fit right in with the modern NBA. They just don't play defense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of the next cardinal character there, the the publicist, which in this, in this case was Stan, played by Wayne Knight back in the day. And that was... Hard to believe that Wayne Knight was in the same movie as Michael Jordan. Like, yeah, I know. All I think about him um, is his role in Seinfeld. Yeah, I couldn't. I saw that. I'm like Newman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to do like that Newman. Yeah, like the, the Jerry G- Seinfeld, the, the, the self-loathing Newman. Exactly. Yeah. So like, he obviously he's gonna be aged out of this movie. So like, I think I'm gonna know how they're gonna tweak this. I feel like the might the situation might be LeBron is retired. Mm-hmm. Sort of like now, and like he's off doing his own Hollywood things, and like n- maybe like the, the Wayne Knight character spot is for us to convince him to try and get back into basketball. So like, yeah, who do you think should be that guy? Who should be that publicist, like desperate person trying to get LeBron to do something? Well, I know, like I know we've discussed before the podcast, so we have very similar ideas. But yeah. uh, Kevin Hart, I feel like would be there, and I'm I'm sure like I was that's the first thing that popped in my head when I heard about this, yeah. and then I'm like going online and stuff, and they're like Kevin Hart will probably play blah blah blah. I'm like, dang, we all have the same idea so it must be a good idea yeah i love that idea as well because i mean kevin hart could use the image rehab after being forced yeah. not to host the oscars so. yeah <laughs> by the way who ended up hosting i did not even pay attention there to that. was there wasn't really a host uh at the oscars so yeah. that was like interesting and then you know there's the jokes like oh isn't this the best oscars there's no host yeah. so <laughs> yeah because i was so busy working last night i completely forgot it was on so i didn't even check out anything all i heard was the black panther won at least one oscar yes yeah. i think they won ended up winning three yeah not the big one. I know they won like costumes yeah. and stuff like that. Hey, those are still Oscars, though. Yes, that's, that's true. The first, I think the first Oscar is Marvel won. I yes, want to say. it is. Yep, you're 100% right. Yeah, I have a counter on that. I think that he would be perfect, Kevin Hart, but if they decide not to go there because of the converse attached to him, mm-hmm. how about Jonah Hill? Yeah, I can see that. You know, or mm-hmm. Seth Rogen. Yeah. Like one of those, like, yeah. kind of like, and he's, they're I, not annoying, but like they're just like there and they're just like tag alongs. Yeah, and they have like the specific voice and like they're goofy and everything yeah. too. Yeah, because my thought was like, have you seen Moneyball? Yes. Yeah, uh, wasn't Jonah Hill's character in that movie? I just picture him doing <laughs> yeah, the, the whole thing like, like, like him yes. too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like like that, like when he's doing the fist pump and they, when they, they uh, get the guy off the Indies they want. So yeah, like, that was like okay, I could see him doing that as well if they choose not to go Kevin Hart. Yeah. Another interesting role to cast is here is that in the movie, Jordan is hanging out with Larry Bird a lot as well. Larry Bird, at the time, was retired from the NBA. He was LeBron's buddy, I mean, Jordan's buddy, and he convinced him to go back and play basketball again. So, like, who do you think fills that spot? That's got to be Michael Jordan. Like, if he, like, so, I mean, feel like that would be a missed opportunity. And then, you know, I feel like Michael Jordan would be like, oh, man, like, you know, dodge that bullet kind of deal. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? If you, like, you can get some pretty funny things, it would bring, like, kids, are, like, people our age out to see it with, yeah. like, the younger kids. Yeah, I think Jordan, I had to go. I did not think of Jordan at all. I was completely off my radar. Just, really? <laughs> yeah. That was I, the first thing. I was like, they got to have Michael Jordan as like the Larry Bird. Because I just kind of assumed he wouldn't do it again. You know, I felt like he, now he's the owner of the Hornets. He's had all these things going on. I figured he wouldn't have the time to show up. I feel like there's not that many scenes that they're in it. So like the beginning, the end, and that's it. Yeah. So I feel like he would like 
pop right in. Yeah, the one I had down, I had Dwayne Wade down because he, oh, okay. because I because I remember that he he and LeBron were great friends down in Miami. Wade's retiring now. I figured yes. the timing works out perfectly for that. That would be good. Yeah. And Dwayne Wade is very charismatic, and maybe he can bring Gabrielle Union with him, and they can, she can get a cameo <laughs> in the movie. That would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> You see them playing like a playing like foursome, foursome of golf with LeBron and his wife. That would be that would actually be really interesting. Yeah. I love Gabrielle Union. So yeah. yeah, I don't know what she's up to these days. I haven't seen her in much. She's been in a few movies. Um, it was that Christmas movie. I yeah. think it was like two years ago. Yeah. It was really funny. Yeah. So last the last thing we got to cover here is obviously one of the fun things. The first one is the five players who had their talent stolen by the Monstars. Mm-hmm. I feel like they could do a similar mechanic and not the Monstars again. I feel they'll do a tweak on it. But like, yeah. Who are you, like, let's come up with some NBA players. Who do you think is a lock to be in this? I mean, I feel like they're going to go, like, gun for, like, the big stars because, yeah. you know, like, they had the big stars the first time around. Um, but I, you know, I, feel, I honestly think, like, Steph Curry is going to do it because he has, like, young kids and everything. Yeah. And that's, like, the first thing that popped in my head, like, Steph Curry is going to be in it. And it would be funny to see him, like, not playing well, you know, because he's, like, yeah. such a good athlete. And it's so easy to show he's, him being talent, like less talented. You see him just shooting air balls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like or, like, he'll go, like, move around and, like, miss dribbling the ball since yeah. he's such a good, like, ball handler. Yeah, Curry, I think, is a lock. Another one I have down there, I think, is James Harden, just because, again, he's, it's like the <laughs> iconic look with the beard. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Imagine, like, the little, like, if they did it, like, yeah, very yeah. similar, like, the little yeah. guy having, like, that big beard, yeah. you know, like... It'd be funny if they did it and convinced him to shave his beard for this part, and then like they actually get him to like shave the beard for a little bit, and then like you see the cartoon get the beard and him. Yeah, it's like it. the source of his power. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I think he's a good spot. Who else you have on your list? Um, I actually was like reading a bunch of articles before, like you know when it first came out. Like every single article I got, um, I liked this one. It was um, uh, an article on SB Nation. Yeah. It was Candace Parker. Because um, they were talking about how like they really think that the Space Jam, Space Jam Two is going to include some WNBA players. Because let's be real, WNBA is totally overlooked, and they have some amazing talent in like the in, on all on all the teams. Yeah. So I thought that was like a really awesome idea. It's like including somebody because like that would be like the Lola Bunny like equivalent. Like they yeah. would be like a evil girl monster or yeah. alien, you know. I like that idea because it's very progressive and I feel like now in this era we're trying to like promote like women more. I feel like that's a great way to do it is like bring in a talented like uh, WNBA player. Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. That'd be really cool. And then we have well, uh, what's her name? Sue Bird. Yeah. Yeah, she's in, she's she, I mean like she's older yeah. though, so. Yeah. Another one I had down here is like I feel like the first one we had the doofy white guy and Sean Bradley in the movie. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna. They might go for a doofy white guy again, so I can see them doing Kevin Love because of the connection to LeBron. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I feel like any. I feel like all these guys would be like, "I'll be in it." You know, yeah. I feel like they're not gonna. Ha- they're not gonna be shortaged out of players that would want to be part of this. Yeah, because I wrote down the first five. It was the first five in it were Muggsy Bogues, mm-hmm. L.J., Sean Bradley, Patrick Ewing, and Charles Barkley. So yeah. I'm like, when you look at that list, you're like, why is Sean Bradley on the list? Yeah. <laughs> As you realize, and then you look back, and like Sean Bradley was not good. But I guess back then he was. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't totally recall his entire <laughs> career off the top of my head at all. Me either. I know very little NBA, as, as evidenced by last week's podcast, where I had to have Sean, McKe- like Sean Rowe, Tom McHugh educate me on the NBA season. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to ask them about Sean Bradley's career next time I talk to them. So another one I think will be interesting, just because his personality. I think Draymond Green would be fun. Yeah, I, I could see that happening. Yeah. And it's tough because the only problem with that is I don't know how they would depict him losing his skill because he's not really like does one thing great. Yeah. I could see the thing I like him though is I feel like he's got a fiery personality. It'd be funny to see like a little monster running around his personality being yeah. added to him, just like trying to punk the uh, t- the tune stars. Yeah, that or just like you know I just feel like he would have a good personality for it as well. That's like a good I yeah. like point. Yeah. Anybody else on your list that you want to hit? No, I mean I. 
I don't know. I just, I like all your people. I'm going to stick with yeah, mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we could make a mix of these. I'll also throw in two more on there. I think Joel Embiid from the Sixers would be funny because, again, distinctive look. He's got the fro, and he like he's very snarky on Twitter if you follow him. I do not, so yeah. now I'm going to have to follow some Go out and follow him on Twitter. Yeah, he's yeah he makes jokes all the time about stuff. It's hilarious. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man, I, I, I'm gonna go do that right after this. <laughs> I think outside chance is Zion Williamson from Duke, because I feel like if he comes the next big thing, they might say, "Oh, we need him now. We gotta get him while he's hot." Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I, I think he's an amazing ball player. Yeah. I feel like I don't know. He hasn't earned it yet, you know. Yeah, I know, but like it depends. If he comes in the NBA, because I, I think they're not gonna film this really until like twenty, like twenty twenty, maybe I want to say. Yeah. Because like imagine, because it's basically a K around LeBron schedule. Because like LeBron is playing in the playoffs, and not gonna be able to use him for like a little bit. And yeah. Like, so like maybe if he gets drafted number one by say the Knicks, please, please get the number <laughs> one pick. If they get him, he has a good rookie year. I can see LeBron saying like, oh, we need Zion. Zion's a star right now. We yeah. Need him. I mean, he would bring in a different like you know. I feel like people would go watch. Everyone was like freaking out over the whole like shoe debacle, yeah. which was still <laughs> insane. But you know, no time for that. But <laughs> yeah, I talked about that at the top of the show today, the shoe debacle, because I just think it's so funny. Nobody wants, everybody wants him to stop playing. I'm like, why? Like, I know. You know. Ugh. I'm like, please just play. Like you can become a legend if you win the championship with Duke. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I have that. I think that's a good spot. Also, call back to Netflix again. We I think we got the the uh, gist of Space Jam here. I think we gave them enough ideas. I know they're never gonna listen to us, but maybe some of my our listeners can tweet at them and let us know if they hear if they get back anything. Yes. And if we if for some reason uh, we'll, if Candace Parker makes a movie, we'll credit it to you. Oh, that'd be I, no. We'll have to credit SB Nation because I totally read that. I said that is amazing. I'm going to like promote their article. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're promoting it, so like, if this podcast is the reason why they do it, we'll give you the credit. Oh man, imagine! <laughs> yeah, you see LeBron on tour, like, oh, I listened to this podcast with these two people, and they were these talking about people. our movie. <laughs> we don't get names. No, yeah, we don't get names. And back to the back to the Marvel movies in one second. The next one coming up, Captain Marvel, in a couple of weeks. Any big predictions for that? I don't know. I'm just gonna keep a like clean slate. I just I like like to be surprised. I don't like yeah. to think about different things going on because I feel like I just end up spoiling things or I get disappointed because it's not what I make up in my head, which yeah. is completely ridiculous. But um, I'm very very excited. I'm gonna try to go like day of or like two days after. Yeah, I'm, that's gonna be interesting too. I had that on my list. I want to go opening weekend as well because I'm very excited to see how they do it. Because yeah, I also the, don't want people to spoil it for me. <laughs> yeah, that's the risk with the with the Avengers Endgame this year because again, I think it's the same night as the drafts coming out again. So like, <laughs> Maybe they're just doing it to you on purpose. Yeah, every year the Jets have a three-pick to bring an Avengers movie out on me. So I'm like, <laughs> guys, you're killing me. I want to watch the draft. Oh, my goodness. And, like, last year I literally had to run out of the bar as soon as Sam Darnold got picked. I wanted to get, my, get, get there on time and have a decent seat. Yeah. So anyway, like, I think we we need to talk about this next time. So, like, after you watch and, and, uh, Captain Marvel, you should come back. I will just review the movie. Definitely. All right, cool. Before we go, I want to ask you, Jacksonville Jaguars, NFL offseason. In case people forgot, you are a big Jaguar fan. It's been a while since we talked about them. Yes, I know. I've been kind of silent because of the disappointment of this season, but it's over and past. Okay, so my last question for you is, I'm going to talk about football next week. We're talking about Jazz next week. But since you are here and you're a Jaguar fan, what do you think is the one thing they have to do this offseason? Oh, they definitely 1,000% need a quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) 1,000%. Any preferences? (sighs) You know who I like. I don't want to say because yeah. I feel like I'm going to put it out in the universe. As long as it's not Eli Manning, honestly, it can't get any worse than Blake Bortles. Uh, I've seen worse. You've seen worse than Blake Bortles? I'm a Jet fan. I've lived I, with worse. Okay, well, that's the Jets. <laughs> I've lived at the end of Mark Sanchez. <laughs> I mean, he, I would take, yeah, okay. I, I, I won't say anything on that one. You're right. You're I, right. <laughs> I would take Blake Bortles over Mark Sanchez. I guess so. He's not terrible. I just like, it was just such a bad season. 
I think Blake Bortles is going to have on my team, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, I think they could trade Imagine. Him. And then he's going to do great, like, um, backing up Myers. Donald. <laughs> yeah. Or he's going to do great, like, Myers, like, in the nice New York cold. Yeah, Myers, I guess, wanted to be closer to home in Maris. That was helpful. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bortles is coming back here. I feel like my theory has always been that, you know, the, the Jets need a pick. The Jaguars need to get rid of the money. The Jets can take the money and take the Jaguars second round pick. I know you probably not be good for you, but we go for the Jets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sam, thank you for all the time, as always. Thank you for having me. Before we go, you want to let everybody know how to follow you on social media. Yeah, at, uh, on Twitter at, at S-D-E-R-O-S-6 or 5. It's 6. Some, it's, somewhere it's in there. It's definitely 5. I don't know. I started doing my um, old school undergrad email, so that's just total slip up. But S-D-E-R-O-S-5, that's at Twitter. All right, follow Sam on Twitter. Sam, thank you very much for the time. Thanks for having me. Thanks for all my slip-ups. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no problem. We'll talk to you again in a few weeks when Captain Marvel comes out. And that's going to do it for today's show. I want to thank my guest, Pete Considori, for coming by and having a very lengthy chat about the State of National Hockey League. we got a lot of information out there. Broke down the trades, all that good stuff. Pete's thoughts on this. We talked about Mary's amazing predictions. That was a lot of fun. Also, I want to thank the baseball beat, Anthony Sorbellini, Will Schneiderhan, Talk, talk some headlines. Big American League preview. Love talking to these guys. We'll be back in the National League in a couple weeks. Also, want to thank our pop culture correspondent, Sandra Rosa, for talking about the end of the Marvel Netflix era and our cast suggestions for Space Jam 2. If you want more good stuff like this podcast, include my look at why the Mets have zero excuses. Not sign Jacob DeGrom. Be sure to check out the, po- the uh, blog over at justandthesuffering.wordpress.com. Feel free to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Google Play. So by searching for Just and the Suffering in the podcast store and the Google Play Music section. Be sure to leave your feedback and star ratings or help make the show even better going forward. You can also follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. And tweet me with the hashtag NostradamusMary if you made it at the end of this week's show. Next week, we're going to talk go back to football for a little bit. We're going to talk all New York Jets. I have put together a panel. We're going to talk about the Jets offseason, preview it. Talk about who they should resign, who they should let go, who they should go after free agency, tar- draft targets, all that good stuff. And also, we're going to do a little fancy baseball talk. I have a guy coming on. We're going to break down fancy baseball, give you some targets, some sleepers, some strategies, all that good stuff, and more. Until then, I hope you have a better week than Robert Kraft. Oh!